All right, welcome everybody to episode seven of the RF Generation Collector Cast. Uh, I am your host, as usual, the lovable, adorable, and uh, always willing to accept game donations, uh, Duke Togo. And uh, joining me are my my normal co-host, Mr. Crabmaster. How you doing, Crabby? Doing awesome. A little tired, but but good. Yeah, well, you probably uh, you can share with everybody your your tough work a little bit later, then, huh? Sounds good. And uh, also joining, I, I guess we're just gonna finally just make you part of the family, Bill. You kind of you've been you've been hanging around long enough. We Yay! Can, we can we can just slap the co-host tag on you. Uh, and uh, so the voice you hear there is uh, uh, my other co-host, uh, Mr. Wild Bill. How you doing, Bill? Very well, thank you very much. Good to be here. All right, and uh, in this episode, we're going to get into talking a little bit about um, some pricing and kind of how. People set prices. What do you think about prices? Uh, and also, kind of talking a little bit about um, how to kind of start collecting on the, if you've got a small budget, or just some different thoughts and ideas that go around that. Oh, yeah. Uh, before we get too far, though, um, as usual, you can find us in a couple of different places. Uh, we are on Twitter at CollectorCast. You can also find the show at uh, Podomatic. It's rfgenerationcollectorcast.podomatic.com. We do have a PayPal donate button there. So if you love the show and you want to kick us a few bucks, we really appreciate it. Uh, that money goes to uh, help keeping Krabby fed and uh, working hard on the show. You can also find us on YouTube. You can search for Collector Cast, or my channel is Duke Togo 74 We're also on Stitcher Radio. You can find that at uh, stitcher.com forward slash RF Generation. And I really appreciate it. If you guys download the app, uh, please put in the promo code RF Generation. Helps kind of uh, build a little traffic our way. Really appreciate that. And of course, as usual, you can find us on the iTunes uh, podcast directory. So, how are you guys doing today? Everything going all right? Yeah, it's uh, been a little bit, uh, a little bit nutty. Um, I've been, uh, my wife and I moved into a new house, so we're uh, still kind of in the process of settling. So, it's uh, really not been a, a big month for me, pickup wise, but uh, not the same for lots of other people. A lot of cool a stuff. House this month. isn't a big pickup. <laughs> I think that's the definition of a big score. Yeah, I mean, but I, I guess I didn't I didn't score it on Craigslist, so it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> have that same uh, effect to me. But yeah, it's it's we're we're you we're went to eBay, to didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> nice pawn shop pickup. Yeah, he he really wanted like eight bucks, and I was like, nah, six. <laughs> and uh, boy, Krabby, I know you. Uh, I just mentioned a minute ago, but you've been physically exhausting yourself, right? Yeah, um, we. We had a flood about a year ago now, and we're finally getting around to fixing up our basement. So every spare minute I've had at home for the last several weeks, we've been doing flooring, and we're just about ready to do some drywalling and painting and stuff. So, so what happened? Did the uh, local local glacier start to melt or something? Yeah, damn global warming. <laughs> oh boy! So uh, stop stop driving your cars and cut down the chlorofluorocarbons, people, so poor Krabby can have a place to live. Uh, yeah, me, it's been uh, like a really crazy month for me, too. I was out of town for a conference at the beginning of the month for a week, came back, and um, my youngest actually had surgery last week, and so I've taken some time off to kind of make sure she's getting up and recoup, but she's doing fantastically and um, much better that. off than I am. I'm amazed how quickly kids can bounce back, uh, but she's doing real well, real well with that. Awesome. So... Updates, um, Krabby. Uh, any any more news on the the bike front? Um, just little little tiny bits floating in. I'm actually prepping a, an, an article for the Nintendo Age Ezine, 
so I will unleash all the information I've gathered over the last few weeks in there uh, in not too much longer. Wonderful. And uh, I wanted to say a little bit before we get too far in that I've really been pretty amazed that we've had a lot of new people coming to the site within the last month, yeah, right? You guys kind of noticed that the, influx? The forum activity has been amazing. It's been wonderful. Yeah, so if any of you guys are just listeners and you're not, you know, a member of the site, jump on over. I mean, it's really a lot of folks coming in, a lot of good commentary and a lot of good scores and everything that people are posting. I don't know how we're ever going to get through these small scores uh, on this episode, boy, there's just so much that's here. And also, really, the blog posts this month have really been fantastic. We really had just a, a large amount of people taking the time to do some writing. Have you guys kind of seen and read through some of those? Oh, yeah. Sometimes it'll sit there for you know two weeks with nothing new, and it seems like there's something every day or two now. Yeah, I, I really like the uh, the second stick, uh, Slacker's uh, uh, 3DS uh, uh, debate you know, between that second uh, little nubby pad on the handheld systems, uh, you know, and then also being a left-handed gamer and what that, that entails. Um, as a right-handed gamer, I had no idea the struggles that they were going through. So uh, it's, it, was, it was really interesting. I really enjoyed it. Well, you know, they, they call it right-handed for a reason. So everybody just needs <laughs> to figure that out. So that's, that's Duke Togo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, folks. I love you all. All I have to say is Frankenstick, right? You just yeah. need to get the add-on for the 3DS. Just get the Frankenstick. Yeah. And and also the uh, uh, can't forget uh, uh, that Vetrix. Um, uh, oh, the interview. Uh, interview. Yeah. 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 That uh, I, I read that. That was really kind of cool to see, uh, like a homebrew developer and kind of talking about making new games for old systems. And he, and, yeah, he was so thorough with his answers. I thought it was a wicked interview. And I know that yeah. Banana's got uh, a few more planned. He wants to hit up a couple more uh, Vectrix developers, and I think he's already made contact with at least one of them. That's cool. Now, do either of you have a Vectrix? Uh, uh, yeah. I, I do. I do not. I've actually never seen one, so I'm I'm really excited for the day that I you know walk around a corner at the flea market and just. <gasps> yep. <laughs> yeah. So and and it's going to sound weird, but I uh, I was uh. uh I grew up in the in the arcades of the early '90s, so like you know, like the you know you, you saw like a Pac-Man and a Galga once in a while, but like it was mostly like Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, that kind of stuff. And um, I remember the first time I played an Asteroids arcade machine, and just like like when, when you see uh, the, the kind of uh, 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 graphics that like a vector uh, uh, setup can give you, it's really hard to explain, and it's really it's impossible to emulate on like a panel because you really have the the luminance, the luminescence, rather, of a uh, uh, that those uh, screens can give you, they're they're really really cool. Yeah, Banana's been pushing me to pick one up for quite a while now. Um, we've been talking back and forth. He always sends me links when he sees one on sale on a forum or something. <laughs> so I probably won't be too much longer, but uh, looking forward to trying one out myself. I almost bought one at CG a couple of years ago. Uh, I just I was like, I don't really know how easy it would be to get me get this on the plane and whatnot, so I didn't do it. But. <laughs> Sit it there, on your lap. Um, Buy it an extra I'd ticket. Probably, I think I'd probably have to. The things are not really light. Um, I mean, they're not huge, but you know, they're not they're not diminutive either. But they are very cool. Uh, they're kind of neat. Uh, very distinct. I mean, definitely nothing like it at all that you're going to pick up. Um, you know, growing up during that golden age of arcades, um, yeah, I, there is kind of a thing you. I miss a little bit of vector games. Um, Tempest was just always so great when I would go back and play that. But 
I can understand, you know, that's uh, the, the days have come and gone, but they're pretty cool. If you guys ever get a chance to go somewhere that's got these machines and go play them, um, if you've not got a little experience with vector games, they're pretty fantastic. So uh, we've kind of talked last episode, I think, about um, Howard Phillips and kind of his Facebook um, page and updates and whatnot. And he's been going through, like, piles of these games that he's got that are, like, unmarked, you know, test carts or whatnot and taking a look at what's on them. And I noticed the, the other day that he posted that he had two um, prototype carts of um, a couple unreleased Super Nintendo games. Did you guys see that? I did, yeah. That was a beautiful picture. Yeah, like Mer Wars, and I don't remember what the other one was titled offhand, but um, I think it's really amazing that they, he's still got this stuff. I, he's not really mentioned what his plans are in terms of if he's going to dump those or whatnot. Yeah, but... and he had a whole bunch of just unnamed EPROMs in there and like Nintendo World Championships. That was an yeah. amazing picture. Yeah, so again, if you guys aren't following him, check it out. Uh, he's also uh, got a Kickstarter going. He's a little project for um, a smartphone app so kind of a new game that he's working on uh, so if you guys want to go over and help kickstart that i think the lowest level to get the app is only like ten dollars or something um but he's also putting some great stuff on facebook so if you're at all an old nintendo geek um definitely check it out that's great Okay, so this month, uh, as I kind of mentioned before, has been really, I mean, on the site, just in general, has been really prolific with blog posts, with posts, new people coming in, and scores. I mean, this has really just been a pretty amazing month for people picking stuff up. I don't know, it's almost like Christmas come early or something. <laughs> it makes me kind of scared to figure out what we're going to get in the middle of winter. But, uh, man, I, I, there's just so much that's in here. Where, where do you guys want to start? Well, I, yeah, like you said, yeah. I don't even know where to start. I mean, it, it, it'd be great just to start with all of the terrific 32X stuff that was picked up this <laughs> month uh, across several members. But if we uh, if we go right from the point where we kind of ended the small scores uh, last month, uh, it looks like Duke has one of the uh, the cooler early grabs of the uh, uh, of the month with the uh, with his JVC XI. Yeah, or is it Zai? Or I never know what to say there. <laughs> I think I think the apostrophe uh, separates the X and the I. Uh, kind of like uh, I know you're not a Final Fantasy 13 fan, but the foul C and the la C. Yeah, which makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, XI is probably what I would call it. But um, I, you know, in Japan it was the what Mega Wonder or something. I think that would have been better because I don't know what the heck XI is supposed to mean. But uh, yeah, I. I pick that up um along with some other stuff i i think we've talked about before but i don't constantly put it out but often i'll put when i've got some extra funds in the paypal account uh, i'll put out a, a craigslist ad just you know buying you know old nintendo games and whatnot and this was one of those responses that i got um to that it was um there was one person that had this uh xi and uh like a game genie like nes game genie and then uh uh, there was another person that had like just a big bunch of um, Super Nintendo carts, and the probably the more interesting one is the Super Nintendo cart guy because he calls me up. He's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm moving to Florida, and I'm just I need to get rid of this stuff. Can you just come right now?" I was like, 
okay. So I drove to the guy's house and he's like, oh, I, all this stuff came from like another house that there was like a fire and this is the stuff that I got out of the house. So immediately my brain's going, oh crap, you know, this is going to be like nasty, smoky, water damaged junk. But now he like pulls out this big tub full of some really awesome games that are in there. I mean, he had like, I think it was like a couple like Mario All-Stars. There was a Secret of Mana, Donkey Kong Country. As you, as you were looking through there. it, did you picture a guy running out of a burning house grabbing his collection <laughs> before the photo albums and stuff? No, I mean, I, well, I guess this was after the fire was out. I guess this stuff just happened to be like in a garage where that didn't really get as much, you know, damage from this. The weirdest part, though, was this, this gentleman was probably, I'm guessing, late 60s. Um, and he was like literally retiring to Florida. His, he was just selling everything in his house to move to Florida. And seriously, I walked up, I'm just here. I'm like, Oh, okay. So you know, you chit chat. That's nice. And he's trying the entire time to sell me like everything that is not nailed down in his house. <laughs> he's like, what about this? Are you interested in this? I've got like a fridge over here. Well, I got some yard equipment. Why don't you come into the house? The guy's leading me through his house, like trying to sell me like, Oh, here's, here's this TV. You need a TV. How yep. about the... I, and it's like yeah. weird his wife is in there <laughs> like, I, I had that i had that happen once i was buying like 40 nes carts like back when i was uh uh before i became a complete uh a box collector and um this woman asked me if i wanted to buy a horse <laughs> same thing because she was moving and she was like yeah i'll throw in the trailer and i was like i'm, I'm sorry I, I just really have no desire to own a horse <laughs> yeah i'm like really you noticed the post was like nintendo games right <laughs> i mean so I mean, so I, you know, obviously it was nice. I can I said, hey, you know, if I talk to anybody, if I know anybody that's coming and look for this stuff, I'll certainly tell them. But it was like, I was afraid I would never get out of there <laughs> because he was just always like, oh, oh, oh. And at some point I was like, oh, I, I, I've got to go. <laughs> I didn't want to be rude. And it's some pretty cool stuff that I grabbed from him. But um, definitely. Was, and what I, what I was thinking when I was looking through your Super Nintendo games, because I've, I've seen you mention before um, that, uh, you know, you'd like to be able to grab a Super Mario RPG cart at some point. I said, man, that, that really cool Super Nintendo cart and somehow Super Mario RPG still eludes him. <laughs> well, I don't want to give anything away, but I did get a message from another member asking if I was interested in a dupe of that. So Ooh. maybe we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. But yeah, I get I get enough Mario Worlds and All-Stars and, and everything else coming out of my ears, but... And that's my secret, second secret of mana that I've come across really easy. Like the first one, I think I picked up a Goodwill for like three bucks. And obviously this one didn't cost me next to anything. But Yeah, I run through I had, those I, like crazy I, I too. I, I traded one of them away at some point. So I'm kind of glad to have that back in the collection. I, I saw one at the flea market for $2. Like I walked up to the table and I asked the kid like how much all the games were. And he said two bucks. And I started grabbing like, you know, Mario RPG and uh, Super Mario 64 and Mario Kart, all those stuff. And uh, there was a kid standing next to me who had the secret of mana in his hand. So if I got <laughs> there like a, a minute earlier or not even, I would have had it. So you, uh, you should have just looked at me and go, look, dude, I'll give you four dollars. <laughs> Yeah, that right now. Years ago, I I used to work once a week at a record store, and he just pay me in records. And just one day, this guy came in with a duffel bag, and he, I have no idea why he needed to come up to the counter, but he came up and just poured out this duffel bag on a counter full of Super NES games. Whoa! Yeah, and so he's like two bucks a piece. You want any of these? And so yeah, I ended up with some like secret manas and some good stuff like that. Hey, you're like yes, I want all of these now. That was weird. So I got a couple other odds and ends um, from over Famicom World. So I, I probably mentioned that before. If you guys aren't a member of there and you want to be, it's a great little, very again, very small community, but 
very much feels a lot like RF Gen uh, in terms of like the people that are over there. So a couple things I got in from over there. I got one of the, I got the Japanese Arkanoid controller. Um, so that way I can play my play me some Arkanoid <laughs> too legitimately because trying to play it with the gamepad, forget about it, right? Yeah. Um, I also got the um, Famicom disc version of Castlevania. That's uh, Akumaju Dracula. That's really awesome because you can save your game, so that way you don't have to try to slog through the whole game at once. <laughs> Because Lord knows that's can be a little bit brutal. Yeah, like Krabby does. He's uh, come on, he's a pro, but <laughs> uh, no one no one pays me. <laughs> he he can probably like do a perfect run of that with like no whip power ups and no special weapons. I'm sure. Ugh. No, not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> For the regular Nintendo, I, I had Castlevania when I was a kid. I played it to death, so I was really kind of glad to get this because that way, um, you know, it's like a lot of those. The disc system games, if you've not played them, are a lot like the battery backup games for NES. Usually, you'll have three like three save slots, so that way you can go through and you can you know kind of save at different points in the game. So that way, if you want to go pick it up and play real quick, you don't have to oh you know gotta go all the way back to death stage or whatnot. <laughs> yeah, and the and the music on the discs, uh, you you've we've talked about it a little bit before, but uh, it's it's noticeably different. Yeah, not on that game, surprisingly. Oh, really? Really, they didn't um, really seem to take any advantage of the extra sound hardware. A lot of the games did, which is really weird, too, because that's Konami, and a lot of the Konami cart releases had extra sound in them. But, uh, and I also got a, um, a PC Engine in with the, with the AV booster attached to it. Are you, are you going to start collecting uh, PC Engine stuff? I think so because I've got like a Turbo Graphics and I've got some games, but man, Turbo Graphics is expensive. Yeah, and I've, I've heard for. that you know just the the library is ten times better uh, the Japanese library than the U.S. one. Oh yeah, and and yeah, really huge yeah. amount of games that are out there. So um, those that you may not be familiar, the PC Engine is really just the Japanese version of the Turbo Graphics sixteen. Uh, you know, it, it came out there first and then it migrated this way. And it's really kind of a really irritating to me to see what they did to it over here. They really just, because <laughs> when you see a PC engine uh, next to a TurboGrafx, literally the system is like half the size of a TurboGrafx-16. You could just basically cut off the left half of the machine completely. We like big over here. Bigger means better. Yeah. The, the system is so compact and so awesome for that and then they we just took it and made it this big giant ugly chunky thing <laughs> full of empty plastic i also and i mentioned earlier that i was doing some travels for work at the beginning of the month and the conference i was in is down in tennessee and uh, we stopped at some flea markets along the way because why not right when you go through kentucky or tennessee they have like these giant flea markets that are right off the highway that you can go to just really quick, jump over, go through pretty amazing amount of stuff. But we went to one and they had like a couple different game things that were in there. So uh, one seller that was there, I picked up a complete in box Jaguar memory track. I, I saw that and I considered making an offer and I, I somehow thought I somehow held back. <laughs> uh, are you, are you planning on getting a Jaguar CD sometime? Uh, uh, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't go out looking for it if one kind of popped up locally like you know that's even, not gonna happen <laughs> I, I know that's the thing so like you know I I, I do want to have a working Jaguar um, in my collection but I'm not really that concerned with the Jaguar CD this was I just say it was it was very affordable that's all I'll <laughs> say at the flea market it was very affordable so I picked that up I immediately thought of red and um, yep. so I, I sent him a message right away and offered it to him he he wasn't interested at the time, so it's it's up for sale. If anybody's interested in one of those things, you can look it up and shoot me an offer. Um, but it's in great shape. It's got everything with it, so pretty cool. I also, one thing that I've been looking for forever, I finally came across there, is a a complete Fantasy Star 2. Um, and, and you get the, uh, and you're a big Fantasy Star fan. Yes, as everyone probably knows by <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, and it has... Um, the hint book, which is that's the part you can never find. That's actually what I wrote down when I was looking through small scores. I was like, "Ooh, he's got the hint book." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually had the whole set, you know, from when I was a kid when I bought the thing at the store. Um, but being a stupid kid, at some point in time, I loaned it to a friend, and guess what? Yeah, it never <laughs> come home. So to run across it again, complete, I was like. I, I really didn't even bother to look at the price tag. I mean, if anybody cares, I paid 18 bucks for it, but um, I didn't care. I was like, I'm buying that. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you ever guys ever find just those things where it's like, I don't care. I, I, I want need that. that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It just fills in a hole in my collection that I'm like, the dude could have probably put 40 bucks on it. I probably would have bought it. Yeah. No, I've, I've done that at, uh, at Retro Games, my uh, my retro store that I go to every couple of weeks. Um. He had a, a a yellow box Metroid complete, mm. in really nice shape, like 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 crispy edges, like I opened like everything, uh, like thirty bucks, and uh, I yeah. probably could have talked him down, like you know, because usually I'll go in there, I'm like, hey, like what about twenty twenty five, and like he's pretty cool, like we can like we work together, and I just I saw it and I was like, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna try because it's awesome, it's beautiful, I'll give you the whole thing for it. How come I've not seen pictures of that, Bill? Uh, I. I, unless I totally for, uh, missed out on posting that, I, I can get those for you. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I remember seeing that. I don't either. Oh, Shame okay. Well, on you. That was my fault. I, mm. I was, prob- I was probably uh, just so excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just went home and stared at it for a little while. I think it's the 32X fever has taken hold. And <laughs> Uh-oh. It's going to your Nintendo. Yeah, don't get ahead of yourself. We got, we got <laughs> lots more 32X coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, something else I also found is, and all these were in the same flea market. Um, I also found a Mickey's Adventure in Numberland, um, like a really mint. That's a tricky um, one to find. I'm still looking for that Numberland. one. Yeah, well, I mean, let me know, Crab. I'll put it back for you. Yeah, I don't care. We'll see. I've had a couple offers on it, but I'm, I'm not gonna let it. Okay, I'll say to other people, I won't let it go, Crabby. I'll, I, I'll work with you. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's very mint cart and that's a hard one to find Um, and I I got a pretty good deal on that one so uh, I was pretty happy and I really sit down and talk to one of the guys that ran the shop in the flea market because he had like a bunch of retro games a lot of nice stock Um, and uh, most of it was fairly priced except for his hardware was like wacky like all his systems were $45 all of them no matter what it was (laughs) I mean so uh, but they were all, the only thing that was interesting to me is he had a Master System too. But I wasn't going to pay that much for it. But oh, you don't have one yet? I don't have a Master System 2 yet. But yeah. I, it's weird because that's the one I grew up with. And then 
when as you know when I got older and I wanted to find one again, all I could find was the one, and I really wanted the two, not because it has you know. Alex Kidd Miracle World or whatever built into it just because like that's the one I had when I was a kid and it took me a while to find one but I, I finally got one a few months ago yeah I, I watch out like um, Craigslist or something that's where I got my regular Sega Master System so it'll price up eventually yep. I'm just not willing to pay through the nose for it it's not that big of a thing on my list The but we were kind of talking and whatnot and um, yeah, it's just fun to talk to people about it because we were talking and he was an older guy and we were talking about the master system stuff and I was like, hey, like, oh yeah, well, you know, the big thing everybody likes about that is because it's got the built-in games in it. And it had another like regular Sega master system hooked up to the TV. He's like, well, this one, you know, this old one, people don't like as much because it doesn't have a built-in game. I'm like, don't you know, it does have a built-in game. <laughs> so I showed him like the trick to get the snail maze game. And he thought that was really cool. So it, um, he gave me a good deal on stuff and I taught him something new and that's always fun Very when cool. you can do that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, I also got in a Famicom box cart. If you're not familiar, in Japan, they did like the hotel game rental stuff, kind of like you get here now with like LodgeNet and all that. When you go to a hotel, you can play games. Uh, you guys have no doubt seen those, right? Where like the N64 controller will be in the room or yeah, whatnot. I've seen yeah, those I've ones. Yeah, I've seen those. Well, they had this back in the NES era over in Japan, and these units would just be hooked up in the hotel room, and they're just, it's just basically a big, locked up box where the games you would just insert coins and you could play for whatever amount of time but the carts they um, look just the same shape as um, NES carts but they're black and they all have the same kind of yellow label kind of reminds me of the same yellow label you see like on test carts it's really sharp looking I I really like the look of those colors together yeah and it's like this glossy black cart um, for the plastic and so I got the Japanese version of Ghosts and Goblins for that, and somebody was selling it um, over on Famicom World. And again, I have no idea if it was a good price, bad price, whatever. I was just like, I want it, <laughs> so I just sent a message, like, sure, whatever, I'll pay. And um, so that came in. That's really awesome, um, very cool to be able to play that because you can just pop it in the U.S. system as long as you don't have, you know, either it's a top loader, you de- you defeat the lockout, you can play it. But the look of the cart was amazing and. I think I found a new weakness now is to trying to find more of those that they interesting pretty awesome. Actually today I got a copy of Dragon Fighter in finally. That's nice. an awesome. I've been on the, I've been on the lookout for that one for several yeah. people. I've uh, a lot of people looking for that one. That is like one of the collection enders like people always have that in their last 10. Well, I had found um, a copy of DuckTales 2 at my local retro store and um, I'll just say again I got a really good deal on it. <laughs> And um, was it was it priced like DuckTales one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to take a minute to talk about my local shop in a minute when I get about it. But but anyway, yeah. So I bought the copy up because first off, when I bought it, I thought in the back of my head, I figured that banana probably needed it. I didn't have his list or anything with me. So that's immediately why I bought it. I was like, OK, banana probably needs this one. And um, I got and I looked at his list I'm like, oh, he's already got it. So I thought, all right, well, then I'll use it like trade fodder. So I put it in my list, and then that's I got PM'd over at Nintendo Age pretty quick. Somebody wanted to do a trade for Dragon Fighter, and we'll talk about pricing again a little bit later is our main topic. But is there some sort of price discrepancy there? I don't know. Maybe I just didn't care. I'm like, sure, I got this for a good deal. I want that game. You want this game? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm I'm very similar with with my pricing. Like it's and again, we will talk about this later. But uh, <laughs> I I'm, I'm in the same boat. I've done that several times. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
that's cool. He got DuckTales 2 for his collection. You know, I got Dragon Fighter, which puts me down even lower. I'm getting, you know, one step closer, which is tough to do these days. Um, so I'm getting a little bit closer to being done. Uh, I also got um, in from, again, Famicom World, a complete inbox Famicom data recorder, which is something I've been looking for for a long time. Um, so those of you that may not be as familiar, in Japan, um, when the Famicom was out, you know, it, it was it was the family computer. That was it. Uh, it was hence the name. And so they had the keyboard and the basic setup so you could, you know, actually use it like a quote-unquote full-fledged computer. And for saving, that was before the disk system and kind of all that came together, you had a cassette deck, which was very common for 80s computers. I don't know if you guys ever messed with any 80s computers. I've seen war games. <laughs> All right. So again, I'm old. So, um, but in the 80s, early Wait, 80s, were you Matthew Broderick? Completely. I almost caused thermonuclear destruction for yeah. all of you. Sorry. But I saved you through games of chess or yeah. tic-tac-toe or tic-tac-toe, whatever Tic-tac-toe, yeah. Because <laughs> that's all you need to do to teach a computer is just figure out tic-tac-toe yeah, doesn't work. Only way to win, not to play. There you go. Um, in the early 80s, that was the way software was saved. You did it on cassette because um, disk drives at the time were very expensive and uh, cassette decks were fairly affordable. So the same thing happened with the Nintendo put out their own official um, cassette deck to go along with that. And it's got cords that plugs into the keyboard. Uh, and so that way you can save your programs if you type them out in basic and then load them again from cassette. And uh, also for the programmable series games that are what we know as the programmable series over here. So Excitebike, Wrecking Crew, Mock Rider, the games where you can create your own levels. Um, you may even notice, if, if you guys ever mess around, you know, Excitebike, you, you notice that there's that save and load Yep, I'm lo- looking forward to seeing your ramp-only Excitebike track. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The, um... They're all, all, all oil slicks. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Just oil slicks on the heat thing, so you can just yeah. keep spinning out and cooling off. The, the that's how you'd save. That's it was all done via cassette. So you would hook it up, you would hit save, and then you would record on the cassette. That's how you would save your levels and load them. So you'd have to have the keyboard to do that. Or they also sold this other thing called the Sound Station, which I bought a little while back and also I think posted. That also had a way you could do that without the keyboard, just if you want to do like Excite Bike or those games. So this is the actual Nintendo brand um, cassette deck. So it's all complete. I got the instruction manual, the whole, the styro, and you guys know I'm not a huge cardboard fan, but to me this is—I don't know—I found it sound pricing like a little kid, but it was really <laughs> awesome. You know, it was just like Christmas morning. You open it up, you're like, <gasps> "Yeah, that's cool." It's just something you don't see very often, and to have it complete and in really great shape. Um, you know, it wasn't cheap, but that's okay. I'm picturing Duke Togo doing his N64 kid impression, <laughs> but screaming data recorder really loud. <laughs> <laughs> About like that. So that's really cool. I'm looking forward to playing around with it. I haven't really had time yet, but uh, it was really cool. Uh, God, I promise I'll shut up soon. <laughs> the, um, I also got, I, I, I talked about my, my hoarder buddy. Um, I think I found out that maybe he's, I actually went to his house for the first time and i think he's not a hoarder did you take a gun uh i didn't go in (laughs) (laughs) but uh let me just say that i think he supplements 
his income in order to maybe um, <clears throat> use some relaxants of some kind. <laughs> uh, so, but he had a power glove in there too. So um, I got home, I cleaned it all up, kind of checked it out. I think I talked to you, Krabby, about it too yep. when I was messing with it. But um, Banana said that he wanted it, so I, I sent that over to Banana. We'll talk more about Banana stuff a little bit later, but that went over to him. I got a Super Castlevania 4 in through a deal um, with another member that I've got. And again, I'm not a big cardboard guy, but I've got a complete Castlevania 4 that I've had forever ever since I was a kid. I just have had it. And I did a trade a while back for something I really wanted, and to do that I had to trade out the Castlevania 4 cart. So I've been looking for a really nice one to go back with that set, and so I, I got another one of those to kind of fill in that hole. And it's really very nice shape, and I really appreciate that. Other odds and ends, boy, I got some game and watches in on the trade, so those were kind of cool. I got a a truckload of Famicom carts. Uh, my local retro shop, they decided to delve into, to, they've been doing imports for a while, but they decided to go Famicom. So they got like this giant box in. So the guy calls me up like as soon as they come, he's like, they're here. <laughs> so like, all right. So I was he, right and you there said, and I'll take them all. Uh, quite, but I, a lot. He probably got about 200 carts, I think. In, so you only took a quarter of them. All right. <laughs> yeah, about, about that much. Somewhere right around there. I cherry picked all the, all the really good ones <laughs> and left a lot of the sports and on the oddball things. But So I go in and I'm going through and uh, I'm there pretty often. I buy a lot. And, I don't, when I say like when I go there and get really good deals, it's not like I think I'm ripping them off. That's their pricing. Um, so I don't think it's their ignorance. They, a lot of the time, the guys that work at the shop know that these games go for a higher price, but it's kind of just the pricing system that this company has, which is great. I, it works out wonderfully for me, but it's good. And we had a little conversation. And a lot of it was kind of what we had talked about before, kind of like with buying locally. And it's that, you know, it's like, hey, you know, we want to, service people locally and this is what we want to do so we're not going to try to sell at ebay prices because we want these games together we want people to come back and keep buying and you know they make more of their money off like the newer games the 360 and whatnot but mm -hmm. you know he's talking about you know hey we have this stuff in maybe and while you're here maybe you'll decide okay well the next 360 game you want to get to you'll buy here you know since you're in and just a really great attitude great talk about it i was really impressed but so we're going through all the Famicom stuff, and they really didn't have a lot of knowledge about it. Um, I, I don't exactly know why they decided to go there. I think because they had a lot of success with Super Famicom. I think the issue they got, though, is they didn't exactly realize that you couldn't play it on regular NES hardware. Right. So they had all these games and, like, no way to really show them <laughs> or, or have people play them. So I'm going through, and the first thing, the first night, it was just me going through and like going, okay, these are all the ones I want. I had like 40 carts that I bought. It's like I just, and because he was like, you know, he kind of worked with me. Like, if you help me out and tell me like what's good, what I should sell for a higher price, what's junk, and I should just try to dump and do all that, um, I'll give you a really great deal on these. So I was like, okay. So I, I did, I kind of set mine aside, and I went through them like, okay, here's your really awesome games that people will want because, you know, these are great, or they didn't come out over here, or they're just really quality titles. Like, here's the ones that also came out here, but people may be still interested in because they're cool. And they're like, here's your, oh my God, nobody's going to want these because they're all baseball or something, you know? So I helped him set it out. That way he could kind of build his pricing because, 
you know, they're just kind of doing this from scratch. But really, very. So if I, I think the highest game they even had marked in the place was one of the fire emblems for maybe like thirteen bucks or something. Wow. And it it wasn't really bad. And they're very affordable. Um, so if anybody else is looking, you know, let me know. I I'll go in and look and see what they've got for you. I think they're probably going to do more. So I'd gone through and helped them with that. Well, I got a call like the next day, and um, it's the manager guy, and he goes, "Hey, Chris, you know, is there any way you could do me a big favor? I know you're really into this stuff. Would you happen to have any?" hardware or like a one of the carts that have the converter in it or anything that you'd be willing to part with uh, and bring it in so i did i loaded up i had an extra famicom i loaded that up i had um a little like clone system thing and, and i brought my gyromite with the converter in it and i took them all up there and and uh, he was really very grateful for all that we had a nice conversation um, and he really hooked me up. He's like, he was just basically like, look, man, you know, I really need this stuff. I'm going to hook you up. If you'll trade me this stuff, you just kind of tell me what you want. We'll work a deal. And um, so I kept the gyromite with converters because I wanted to keep it. <laughs> and the other two, I, I traded off to him. So I got a Super Nintendo, the Mini or the Junior or whatever do they call that thing? Is it the 2? I just call it the Model 2. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah, know. I call it SNES Mini, SNES 2, whatever. Oh, you're using the SNES thing. Yep. Um, so yeah, I got that and then I got like probably, I don't know, 15, 20 more games, including some Fire Emblem and some other ones that I kind of left the time before because they were pricier. So he made a great trade to me. I really appreciate it. Glad he could help. I could help him out. And obviously I want him to do well because I want him to buy more stuff <laughs> and bring it in. So, uh, it was really awesome. Very, very good deal. I'm really happy to work with him. And, uh, and I think, you know, those are, again, to me, these are the things that make the hobby worthwhile is when you get, you're sitting down, you're talking to people about these things, you're having a good time, you're sharing some knowledge. And yeah, that sounds like a great day. Yeah, I really enjoyed myself. It was really a lot of fun. So, And I turned him on to the site, so hopefully he'll be on and maybe listen to the show or checking things out. So <laughs> hopefully we'll see him around. I don't know. That's probably way too much for me. I feel like I've been talking for way too long. Um, so that's okay. I, I'm really happy to say that's probably most of it for me well i, I um, so, think you finally dethroned in rainbows this time around <laughs> i had a very good month let's just say that um, probably not going to be that good for a little while but i had a very good month i'm not sure how you pronounce uh and a big surprise me not knowing how to pronounce uh, <laughs> uh, a member's name but uh just give it uh, your best uh, shot there bill our halo meme <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, but uh, co- uh, one of the co-founders um, ha- uh, acquired a House of the Dead 3 <laughs> arcade uh, uh, machine. And it's 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 not a cabinet that I'm familiar with. No, me neither, but it looks amazing. And I think, didn't he say that like there was a couple different versions of that cabinet that came out? Yeah, does he have a PAL one? Well, I don't think arcade systems are... PAL or NTSC, are they? Are they just all I really NTSC? Tell you. I don't know. I'm not an arcade nut. No, I mean, but... yeah, I'm, I'm not an expert. It's, but it's, uh, I mean, you, we've all seen the House of the Dead, uh, you know, machines in various arcades, and it's just, it just struck me as a, a unique looking uh, uh, cabinet or setup. Absolutely. Yeah, and very cool, right? I mean, that's those are fun light gun shooters and. It's like the two holsters and the way the game is built, you know, you're the right distance away from the thing. And that's just a lot of fun. Those, you know, when you walk into an arcade, I can understand why they're the few arcade games that are still made because they're just fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's how they were, they were designed that anybody can walk up to it. 
and put like a half a buck or a buck in and just have a good time for a couple minutes or five or ten. So and they 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 still hold up. I mean, they're uh, it's uh, what's the one that just came out? There's there's a PS3 one that you use the 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 sharpshooter with. Um, I was at a uh, I think it was PAX East last year and my wife and I played it for like ten like we played it. We turned around. There was no one there waiting, so we were about to like give up the guns. And I looked at my wife and I was like, "You want to go again?" And she does like the the Terminator like uh uh like uh, reload your shotgun like with one hand like <laughs> and and I just looked at her and I said I love you and then we kept shooting zombies. You complete me. Yeah. <laughs> My wife um she never really ever played video games but um as soon as she saw that House of the Dead two and three were on the Wii she picked it up because that was like literally the only game she ever played in an arcade. Um, I actually scrolled through the post really quick, and he he did say there's two different versions: one for the European market and one for the American market. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Um, Nine Tail Demon Fox, right? He got a. Oh few yeah, he won this things. month. It's the Nine Tail Demon Fox <laughs> podcast this time around. Yeah, what what cool items did he run across oh, there? He's man? got hours and hours of awesome <laughs> games to play, like Hannah Montana and <laughs> Little Mermaid Two and Ballet Studio. Just that ballet jealous. studio game. I didn't you know, see you... Barbie Horse Adventure, but I'm sure that it was in that lot. <laughs> uh, did you, but did you see the cover to that ballet studio game? It's like Stepford Wives. <laughs> like this lady and then this kid that was staring at you like, join us. We all bundle. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know interesting pickups i can understand that sometimes you just get these lots i mean things are cheaper you're at, yeah you just buy these things in bulk but i mean you know kind of fun it's just it's fun to see that sort of stuff i'd i'm waiting for a, a video so please please do a playthrough yeah i actually have to say that i once played uh mary kate and ashley's sweet 16 license to drive and had a really fun time with it <laughs> wow didn't see that one coming <laughs> Did you learn something about being friends in the process? <laughs> Always. <laughs> when don't Mary Kate and Ashley teach you things? Uh, they teach you a lot these <laughs> days, just probably not the things you want your kids to know. So uh, we, I think we talked about banana a little bit earlier. Yeah, he right? mentioned his his power glove that he got from you, and I think he posted my my favorite picture I've seen in there in, in months and months and months of his uh, little daughter, who's probably what five or six, wearing this power glove. <coughs> awesome. Yeah. That was really pretty cool. Yeah. When I saw them, like that makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. And uh, and the the Crisis Force uh, Family Com cart, right? Oh my gosh, Crisis Force is so awesome! You <laughs> guys need to play Crisis Force. It, yeah. So yeah, I, I saw you know he he put that up there, and then I see a handful of comments right below it, and not being super familiar with Family Com, I, I you know I hadn't, I'm not familiar with the game at all, so uh, it was it was cool to see it was one that people were excited about. Uh yeah okay so. If you guys haven't played Crisis Force, go get Crisis Force. I just, okay, that's worth owning a Famicom by itself. It's really so, awesome. So it's exclusive to the Famicom? Yes. Okay. Because um, it has, again, special sound chips and stuff that are in there. They don't, uh, I believe, on that one. So it's not going to work in a U.S. system properly. Um, very cool. Very, very worth I love playing that game. It's great. It's a great um, shooter that's two-player co-op. So uh, Zagnorch, uh, uh, he's the. Uh, I, th- the I thought it was or like Zignatch now or something. Like that. <laughs> oh, sorry, like yeah. Zagnut, like the, no, the candy Zig- bar in Beetlejuice. No, Zignatch. Oh, Zignatch. <laughs> so Zignatch uh, is the second or third member uh, in the last few months to grab Pikmin Two Complete for GameCube for for just a couple bucks. 
Yeah, that thing, nope. everyone seems to find it for $2. Yeah. I'm waiting on my turn. I, I had mine long Now, would ago. you, would you, do you need to have it on GameCube, or are you cool getting the uh, the new Wii version that just came out for 20 bucks? Uh, I really like GameCube controller much better than the Wii that, stuff. That is the one game, I haven't played the second one yet, but the first one, the Wii controls, yeah. that's my favorite favorite game with the Wii controller I think almost maybe Silent Hill yeah, Shattered uh, yeah. Memories might beat it but that one I thought was awesome I would love to get the second one with the with the Wii it's it's and uh, yeah I, I would say it's probably tied for me with uh, uh, Metroid Prime uh, the Metroid Prime trilogy that got redone with Wii controls is it's 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 sublime to play it it, it it's so good and uh, Pikmin uh, 1 was the same thing I have Pikmin 2 for the Wii I haven't played it yet though let me know if it's as good as the first one with those controls, because, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, and he also got uh, some N64 carts, some, uh, looks like a couple of uh, Mario 64s, Mario Kart, Mario Party, Star Fox, uh, so a handful of, uh, you know, we, 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 we say it a lot, but uh, there's a lot of games that you'll kind of see pop up a lot, but people want them, so those are easy uh, to flip, easy to, to turn into something else that you want. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and Mario Party is like single-handed reason that all n64 controllers are ground to nubs right yep. <laughs> just the first one though i think i think they took the rotating games out of the second and third one uh, probably because of all the blisters that people oh, yeah, had we, yeah. remember? we had some serious uh, injuries when playing that game what yeah. was the wrestling game um i can't remember which one it was but one of the wrestling games in the n64 like everyone's uh like super move uh like no matter who you were was like was that rotating the analog stick <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. And I've only played one of them, it, and what definitely wasn't that one. Yeah, I, I can't remember if it was No Mercy or like I wasn't a huge wrestling fan, but I would go over to this kid's house who like you know they oh you want to play No Mercy or Raw or whatever it was, <laughs> and I just remember looking into a room and seeing everybody with that like and and just thinking those are not gonna last very long. After after we had our like fourth or fifth injury. We started stealing our mom's, um, you know, rubber like dishwashing gloves, and we would play Mario Party wearing these dishwashing gloves on our right hands. Awesome. Oh boy, uh, he also got a couple um, original DSs, right? Yeah. Yeah, the big guy. I like those ones. I do too. I've still got mine from launch. Yeah, I got my launch one too. It's I've a... only ever held one once. It's a good I machine. Yeah, I mean, I I remember sitting in line. Like, I think we, I was actually hanging out with a group of people who were sitting in line waiting for a Wii uh, the night it came out, and someone had a, a DS, and I had never never held one. And I remember thinking at the time that it felt a little bit heavy, um, but uh, you know, I, I I had nothing to really compare it to. But I eventually got a DS Lite, which I I loved for a long time. But yeah, I mean, people seem to still like the original DS. Yeah, I got mine as a gift right after they came out, and had it for years i it's durable too i've dropped it like a hundred times and one of the hinges like broke clean off but it still works perfectly <laughs> that's a lot of times yeah i, I don't know why i keep <laughs> dropping the damn thing it's pretty clumsy it's that's like sad. every it's like every couple of days you're dropping it. <laughs> <laughs> uh i wanted to say too um i've kind of noticed a running theme um with mr zignatch and that he must be a really big Nerf guy. Oh, yeah. Have you seen posted some oh, of his pictures yeah. before? He's got, like, a whole arsenal. Yeah. Like, didn't, oh, he have a, Nerf didn't he have a blog post? Yeah. I, I just imagine yeah, I, him I, to be one of those guys that has, like, you know, the, the panic room, but it's, like, full of Nerf guns instead of actual guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are not going to help you in the zombie apocalypse. I'm sorry. I don't think it's going to help. Uh, moving on, who else? Uh, so uh, one of our 
newer members, Quackula picked up some stuff, right? Yeah, I started up a little Turbo Graphics collection. It looks like. Yep, trying to show me up. I still got no Turbo Graph. Oh, and uh, Krabby, you're probably the, you're the resident Turbo guy, right? Well, not I'm not that knowledgeable in it yet, but I, I really do like the system. And yeah, he's got a nice little starter lot. He even avoided Keith Courage somehow and grabbed you know <laughs> a couple bonks. He, he didn't end up with China Warrior though, which is kind of a stinker. But at least it's got a very amusing uh, character sprite. I bet he does have a Keith Courage. If he like opens up the system, like unscrews it, there's probably one like taped inside there. It's impossible to have one without Keith Courage. Yeah, I, uh, I think that was probably they would just beg you to take one as you walk out of the store, please. Yeah, are you sure? Uh, got, no, I'm good. Got 50. It's, it's, just take one. It's free. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that was pretty cool. I I really need to bust out my turbo and spend some time with it. When I first got it, I played a few of the games, but I've not spent a lot of time. And there's some great shooters, yeah. so I want to spend some more time I with like it. I like it. Yeah, if you like arcade-style uh, stuff from that era, it's fantastic machine. All right. Hey, hey, real quick, do you guys know what time it is? It is 12.08 my time. 9.11 no, here. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it, it is 32x time. Uh... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> nice, nice segue. You got us. We have, re- we have reached our first, and not the last... 32x lot of the night. I blame you, Bill, for all of this. <laughs> spreading I will, spreading I the take, disease through RF Gen. Yeah. I'll take all of the blame. Uh, I'll, I'll probably save mine for last just because I'm very happy about it. Because mine's the best, and, right? Uh, yeah, right? Not as happy as I could have been, but yeah, still very happy. So just take it away. Please, please take it away. <laughs> take it away. All right, so Retro, um, who, you know, if you couldn't tell, is a, a fellow 32x guy. He ended up grabbing a bunch of uh, 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 complete in box 32x games, uh, a couple of common ones like you know Star Wars and uh, uh, Doom, but he also grabbed uh, Brutal, uh, uh, BC Racers, T-Mac. Uh, T-Mac's an excellent game. You guys ever played that in the arcade? No, I missed out on no that. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> really? So yeah, forgetting that it's 32x and that you guys are kind of uninitiated, you've never <laughs> you never played T-Mac? Nope. No. T-Mac's really good. It's it's like a, a it's in three dimensions. And it's uh, uh, three, yeah, like three whole dimensions. So um, it's uh, it's like a like kind of like a tank uh, shooter, and there's like a, a really cool uh, multiplayer uh, aspect to it. My my brother like owned a 32x just for he loved it in the arcade, and he bought a 32x and just had T Mac. Um, so that's a, a really cool one for him to grab. Um, also got an assorted uh, Super Nintendo lot. Again, great uh, uh, you know nothing super crazy rare, but a lot of great titles. Uh, some NES items, uh, some books. Um, I guess if we're going to stick with uh, with retro, we can go to... Uh, now, uh, he, he's, he's the one who got the stuff from his, his friend? Yes. So he has a friend who I think he said was having, is, uh, having a baby and is uh, trying to unload some stuff. So um, uh, lots of really good stuff kind of oh, yeah. kind of strewn out there. Has anyone identified uh, uh, the, the, the gray box with nintendo power purple and blue nintendo power sticker on no, it i'm curious to hear what he has to say about that because i can't figure out what that is yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know either i mean it's it's yeah it's, it's kind of hard because it's got like all the the books and the paper kind of lean up against it yeah. but he's got uh, a couple of nes advantages in there a four score a satellite uh some third-party controllers uh oddly enough the nes max which is one of my favorite nes controllers probably just because oh, i use the thing, thing to death I, I just always loved it. It's, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe it was just the turbo button so I could win at track and field. <laughs> um, 
it could have been, but uh, I don't know. I, I always like that thing. It's and it's like one of the earliest, uh, uh, you know, kind of boomerang style controllers I remember using. Um, there's a loose power glove in there that actually looks really nice and clean. It's I find that it's hard to find those without like dirt caked on them. Yeah, yeah, they look filthy yeah. quite a lot. And, and a and a whole bunch of really cool looking how to win at Nintendo books. I love those old tips and tricks books. They're uh, if, awesome. Anytime I can find anything from that period that's like how to how to beat this game or how to win like i'm totally into it yeah oh yeah i've, I've got a bunch of them uh yeah i love those old books jeff roven oh yeah if, if, one of these days we're gonna track jeff roven down <laughs> yeah i've got I'm doing four or five of his he was the most prolific writer of that stuff back in the day <laughs> so i'm sure he's probably moved on to like really exciting things if we called him up i was like can we please interview on the how to win at nintendo books he would probably yeah you gotta be kidding me right yeah he's like i, I don't i don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the dark page in my history <laughs> yeah. that was the starving artist phase right totally so uh but but yeah so retro um is uh and he was actually one of the guys i contacted uh kind of leading into my story later on um uh uh, one of my local stores got a whole bunch of uh, complete 32X games in, and uh, since he had expressed some interest in collecting for the the system recently, I reached out to him and I said, "Hey, is there any you know chance you'd be interested in this stuff? I'd you know totally grab some things for you and maybe uh, you know see if I could you know send some stuff your way." And he said that he was uh, kind of waiting for you know the purchase that uh, he just made of those eight uh, complete games. So didn't end up getting anything for him, but uh, he's he's definitely on his way with his complete 32X collection. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. I know. Let's let's go back to some some quality titles. So uh, in, back to in, the oh, NES. Oh, T Mac. Okay. No, we can <laughs> talk to, about T Mac some more. <laughs> to, to, to what? No. no, no. <laughs> back to NES. So um, Invader. So, yeah, got to hit the pawn shop, right? Yeah, sound like it. Got a big stack of NES stuff. Yeah. So what were some of the highlights? What are some of the like, goodies that they got in there? Uh, you know, nothing crazy rare, but lots of pretty hard to track down games like uh, King's Quest V, Galaxy 5000, The Untouchables, like things that don't pop up that often. Yeah. Untou- Untouchables is one of those ones that I, I don't feel like commands a very high price, but at the same time, you just don't see it very often. Yeah. I've still, I've still got to track down the other label variant. Yeah. The TV and then the movie version, right? Yeah, and I think I've got the uh, movie version. I need to track down the TV one. So I'm going to be watching out for that one at some point in time. Mm-hmm. But not easy to find. It took me a long time to locate even that one. So that's really cool. Yeah. And a high-quality pickup. I would say good Nintendo items. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would say so as well. And uh, our former star of the show in Rainbows, <laughs> uh, I don't think he quite took the top spot this month, but he still got yeah, some pretty good right stuff, right? Yeah, still right up there, top three. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah he, he made it interesting. So, man, what all, man, what all they come up with? A lot. What does he well, get? Well, Duke, sp- speaking of things that you like, I do see several Fantasy Star titles in there. Oh, yeah. Um, so we got Fantasy Star 2, Fantasy Star, Star 3, uh, Shining Force for the Genesis. Great um, game. Yeah, it really, really is, um, and, and it's it's trickier. Uh, it's one of the trickier ones to find uh, without like you know resorting to eBay or paying a lot for it. Um, but uh, but yeah, lots of good Genesis stuff in there, and lots of stuff that would be right up Bill's alley too with those complete in box uh, NES things. Yeah, he's uh, uh, I've I've said it before. He's kind of after after uh, a collector after my own heart, but uh, he he's got the. Uh, I think it's just one Mega Man game left, right? Because he's got... Uh, I think he just needs Mega Man 1. Uh, so he's yeah, got 2 the, through 6 That's the one complete, everyone I needs last, I think. Oh, that's a tough yeah. one, man. That's expensive. 
And it's weird because I mean I've I've said it before and I'm totally not bragging, but I I got pretty <laughs> lucky with my complete Mega Man one, so I have one, two, and three. So I know what is it? Five is the one that's tricky. Five's yeah, more one and yeah. one and five. Yeah, so um, I, I got four, five, and six left. So four is not crazy. Maybe you know, you know, it really not that bad. Um, five and six, I'm probably gonna have to pay a little bit for. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, what about that uh, Zombie Nation box though? That's probably that had me drooling. Yeah, that was the first. Uh, I think the first thing that uh, that he posted in this uh, that that landed in this month was those uh, a couple NES boxes, including that Zombie Nation box. Now, as cool as it is to have a Zombie Nation box. I, I do not envy him the task of tracking down a Zombie Nation manual. <laughs> yeah. Just by itself. I mean, if he wants it complete, if you don't, you know, that's totally cool too. It's uh, it's up to you. But I mean, there, there's certain games that I don't mind getting into the manual hunt game for. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, like the 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 trickier the trickier it is to find that title, usually I'll just say, you know what, you I'll just hold out for a whole thing. Right. Yeah. Now I would I'm, I would just like to have a Zombie Nation cart. <laughs> you guys can have the boxes and manuals. I just really still need the cart. So maybe without breaking the bank. Yeah. And also in there, didn't he have a, a Mega Man X3? Yeah, he uh, had complete a for the Super? SNES lot. Yeah, that one's like smack right in the middle of his picture. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. holy cow, man. That thing yeah. is not a cheapie. <laughs> no. No. Um, no, I think there was there was a dude on Nintendo Age selling his entire Mega Man collection like a while ago. Um and uh, uh, I remember, uh, you know, he wanted to sell the whole thing as a, as a lot, and someone offered like I don't know eight or nine hundred dollars, and he was like, "Are you kidding me? That's like, that's like what two or three of these games are worth." So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I had no idea the X uh, X three went for that much, but it does. Yep. I've never seen an X three cartridge myself. Have you? I used to rent it all the time. Oh, all, all three of them. Really yeah. held on to that. I used to pl- rent all three of the Mega Man X games like constantly. They were my go-to games. If there was nothing I saw that was new and interesting, I'd just grab one of those. You now, if you, I bet you wish you had forgotten to take it back and had to just pay the replacement fee. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's man. That's a really good one. Now he also got um, that really interesting piece of. Castlevania artwork, right? Yeah, from yeah, and he said, uh, Comic-Con yeah, from Comic Con. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's a cool looking print. I don't know where Comic Con is held at. Do you know? San Diego, well, it, I want to say. Isn't yeah, it? It, it depends. I mean, typically when when you mention Comic Con, you either mention San Diego Comic Con or New York Comic Con. Um, since New York Comic Con is not till October, I would assume it's San Diego. Um, but he didn't say right in the post. Ah, is that? I don't know a lot about some of those kind. I know gaming cons, but not that one. Now they always have Gen Con. That's in Indianapolis every year. But yeah, I'll uh, be there. I'll be there next year. So maybe uh, we'll figure something out for that uh, time frame. Oh well, seriously, if you're going to come to Gen Con next year, I'm literally like a half an hour away or so. All right. So, so Krabby, you were saying before um, that uh, uh, this is a member that I that I've seen a little bit around lately, but uh, uh, Seavers. Too, yeah, is a, a dude who's actually been around uh, from a while back, who uh, was uh, kind of absent for a little kinda bit, and now disappeared is, uh, for like seemed like more than a year, even like gone for a long time. Um, I've done a few deals with him in the past, and he's an amazing member. Like every every time I bought anything off him, he's just crammed full the box full of freebies. If there was room in the box, he would fill it up with stuff that he knew I wanted, but it, for whatever reason, we cut them out of our deal. He would just send them anyway. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, but so he's back and he's picking up some new awesome things again. So it's good, good to see him. I'm happy. 
Yeah, I I'm, I think that I read a, a post from him like it, you know a long time ago talking about uh, uh, him grabbing like a, a complete Nintendo games for like five bucks a piece. Some oh, guy was yeah. selling like hundreds he, of he them. He ended up with like somewhere between like fifty or sixty of them. I think like just unbelievable condition. Like they were bought, opened, and then stuck in a trunk for like twenty years. And then he ended oh, up with gosh. like so many good titles. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember him saying that like he he went there like you know expecting a few Nintendo games, and then when he found out the guy had that many and that good a shape for that price, he said, "Okay, I will be back in several hours with eight hundred dollars, or something like yeah, that." I, I think he came back a second time and got more off of him too. Mm-hmm. I think at that point in time, I would just probably dip into my savings and go, "Look, I'm just gonna buy them all. What kind of <laughs> can you? Really, who, who I mean, need, who needs when, to those retire? Just don't come along." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. those things don't come along like yeah. that. You just yeah. So besides the NES carts, and he got he grabbed a Wall Street Kid uh, uh, boxed. Uh, he grabbed uh, Which on is the uh, Wild a Bill game. and Duke. Uh... Oh yeah, no, it is. He he also jumped on the Wild Bill and Duke Togo bandwagon and grabbed a 3DS on Craigslist for a hundred bucks. Oh yeah, probably and, hoping uh, for some street passes there. Yeah, right. I, I think he said he flipped the games uh, for like eighty dollars, so yeah. pretty much twenty dollars for his 3DS. That's awesome. Um, Really good PlayStation RPGs, uh, oh, yeah. uh, and not terribly common ones with uh, Star Ocean, both Wild Arms games, Suikoden, uh, and uh, the guides for I think all of them. Yeah, every single one of them. Yeah, very cool. And did you see the condition of that uh, ColecoVision and the roller controller that he grabbed for it? They looked new. Yeah, amazing. And yeah. and he was saying what do, what do like say? that was a really significant system for him that he's been looking for for a long time so he just was amazed at the condition and just happy as hell to buy it and I, it was like duke said yeah. earlier like he didn't care about the price he it's more than he <laughs> wanted to pay but he's like i need this so he just snapped yeah. it yeah yeah coleco is um pretty popular where i'm at so they show up um i mean semi-regularly but i mean do you guys have colecos uh, i never i never see them but i'm also never kind of on the lookout for them um, but uh, it's, uh, it's one of those things that, like, if I came across at a decent price, I'd probably give it a go, but I never played one. Anything pre-NES up here is very obscure. So neither of you have a Coleco? No. Yeah, I've got one. Yeah. I, do, I, I do not own one. Picked up the only one I've ever seen up here. Cool. Yeah. Um, the games are not, for the most part, not terribly expensive to collect for. No, it's um, not. If you just want loose cards. The games are, yeah, cool. I've got quite a few now. And Forever was home to, like, the probably only and best port of Time Pilot. But, yeah, it's very cool. Um, I like Coleco. I hate the ColecoVision controllers. Yeah, I was going to mention that. They just hurt your hands. Yeah, I don't understand how someone thought that was a good idea. Well, when you kind of compare it to the other things at the time, I guess it wasn't as horrible. But... (laughs) Like when you look at like the Intellivision controller or whatnot. That's also bad, yeah. And the Atari fifty two hundred controller, I mean The twenty six hundred wasn't bad though. Why couldn't they just, you know, rip that off? I don't know, like keypads were the deal back then. Yeah. Like everything had to have a keypad. Just toss a couple extra buttons yeah. on your twenty six hundred controller yeah. and you're fine. And and then all of a sudden nothing needed a keypad, and then the Jaguar came and was like, No 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 no, oh, no. Yeah. keypad. That's <laughs> cool. <laughs> No, because people in Japan went, oh, what? No, keypads are stupid. You want to play games. Here's a game machine. Yeah. So you also have uh, uh, Kid A again. Um, uh, did we mention before? Because uh, we mentioned him before, but uh, uh, he got a, like a box full of cases and manuals. 
um, for I think he said it was uh, oh, like a buddy of his or something like that. But it's like a whole bunch of like uh, cases and manuals for PSP, DS, Game Boy Advance, like Xbox and GameCube games. I love finding stuff like that. It's just awesome. So that that's cool because like a lot of times you can buy loose stuff. Yeah. E- even if you do go to eBay, you can buy loose games to complete those pretty easily. That's the exciting part. Like I've got a huge box of N sixty four boxes that I love just, you know, finding that loose cart down the road and plopping them in these holes every once in a while. Nice. You, you grabbed a, I think there's a couple there's a, some complete games in there as well. Uh with some, one weird one that always sticks out to me is Street Fighter EX three. Uh, I remember it from like right around the time of the, the PS2 launch uh, window, and uh, like it's that kind of you know mock uh, uh, 3D <laughs> like 3D render but 2D uh, Street Fighter game. Yeah. It's not a good game, but it's something that like for some reason like if I saw like for a couple bucks I'd grab it, you know just for like the weirdness of yeah. it. Same with like Street Fighter the movie, I would <laughs> just grab it. Oh yeah, oh, we got that for Saturn. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> it actually gets dogged on, but it's not a bad Street Fighter game. <laughs> Um, the EX series is always kind of, yeah, this is kind of strange. I can completely see why they killed it off, but, uh, you know, they were doing so many cool things with like 3D fighters when they were experimenting at the time. Like you had what, like JoJo's bizarre adventure. And then, yeah, yeah. And then you had, I love rival schools. Oh yeah. Right? Rival schools is great. And that one uh, shot up in price too. Yeah. I, rival schools is a lot of fun to play. Uh, yeah. I don't know why they could get it right with those, but like street fighter, they just couldn't seem to get it right with that 3d build what he looks like he got a lot of other stuff though right birthday gifts too yeah his buddy really hooked him up with some uh genesis games there yeah what mutant league football some splatterhouse too i I remember playing mutant league uh back in the day when i was a kid and what didn't they like announce that there was going to be a hockey one or something but it never came out no hockey hockey came out i've got a copy Oh. Yep, I own it. It's great too. It's uh, the the goal. Um, if I can like geek out about hockey for a minute, <laughs> the goal like there's no goalie. There's just like like a half of a demon head with like, his mouth above the surface of the ice. So when you shoot a puck <laughs> at it, he just closes his mouth so you can't shoot the puck. It's, and like like uh, as you're skating, randomly like some like piranha can like cut a hole in the ice and you can just drop in this uh, uh, like sinkhole. It's it's great. It's like the way. It's exactly what you'd expect. Uh, for like a mutant league uh, hockey game to be like it's great so was there another one that was announced that never came out or am i just thinking of something else um mutant league football and hockey definitely came out i don't think any other sport ever did so if they did advertise a different one i haven't seen it i think i'm kind of getting it mixed up because in my head uh with the crash and the boys there was supposed to be the ice hockey one for that and they never brought that out right. gotcha yeah so uh, I think you guys know what time it is. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's twelve thirty my time, Bill. That's, All right, uh, is that what time it is? Here we go, here we go. Another uh, another thirty two X lot. So we got Razor Knuckles, who's uh, uh, obviously uh, uh, a Sega guy with his Knuckles reference. And uh, um, the cool thing about his uh, uh, him getting a thirty two X. He says he's had a copy of Chaotix for a little while, and now he can finally play it. Um, and and this it's an interesting little side story because I I bought my Knuckles um, uh, uh, from a, a Banana, and uh, it was weird because it showed up. I threw it in my 32x. I turned it on, and like it wouldn't boot up. And I tried a few other games. Everything worked. I put it back in the Knuckles back in, booted up, wouldn't work. And I had already cleaned it and everything. 
And it was just really weird to me. I shot him a PM and I said, hey, did it work when you had it? And he's like, yeah, it totally was working. You know, just let me know what the problem is. We'll take care of it. And uh, I, I did a little bit more research and I found out that a lot of people have a problem with Knuckles uh, freezing when you play it on a Genesis 2. Um, but if you play, if you put your 32X on a Genesis 1, which is not always uh, easy if you have it on a Genesis 2 because you need that like separate adapter cable to fit to the different AV connection on the mm -hmm. Genesis 1. Um, but uh, I, I happen to have it, so I switched my 32X to my Genesis 1, and it, it worked fantastic for you know, 30, 40 minutes or whatever. Who, so, who just uh, happens to have one of those? That's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, it's in my, in my spare 32X cable drawer. I grabbed it out of my box of drawer. 32X cables. <laughs> it was right on the top of my desk. I knew exactly where it was. I have this desk that has like a like a tier like a, a tier like five feet up just for random stuff I can throw on. And believe it or not, it was right underneath my Sonic the Hedgehog uh, hat that's uh, on its way to go to uh, Shadow as soon as I pack up a, my next box for him. Uh, it was like a it was like a giveaway at the like the Sonic uh, like whatever the Sonic anniversary event was at E three last year. And uh, but yeah, so. Uh, uh, very very cool having another uh, 32X dude, but he also got uh, some 32X carts a little bit later on, including the very uh, the getting harder to find uh, Pitfall. Oh yeah, uh, Pitfall is a cart that uh, I, you know I don't think it's you know been really expensive for a long time, but all of a sudden I mean people are spending you know sixty eighty a hundred dollars on the cart, and the the complete version is going between one fifty and three hundred out of nowhere. Your your plague is spreading, Bill. I'm telling, dude. I bought my because uh, 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 Shadow is also a 32x guy, and I, I remember when I was kind of getting into it, and I was asking him for advice here and there, and I saw a guy in Sega Age selling a complete Pitfall with the with the poster, which is the piece that you know it never has, uh, for like forty dollars. And I sent a link to Shadow, and I said like, I said, isn't I said, shouldn't I jump on this? Like, am I missing something? Is it is it like not rare or something? And uh, uh, Shadow could have been really mean and uh, <laughs> just bought it just, <laughs> just purchased it and they're like oh himself. no gosh you missed they're out like, sorry oh no that deal is so bad don't even do that and then but no that's not the kind of guy he is so he didn't um so i ended up getting it for like 40 bucks but yeah pitfall uh just by itself has is, is gotten uh, uh quite a bit uh, uh more attention as like a harder to find 32x game and he also grabbed a copy of the incomparable t-mac <laughs> man what a lucky guy yeah, and then for like ten or fifteen uh, uh, posts after that, uh, your mom jokes abound. Uh, delightful. So, <laughs> we d we don't have to quote all of them. But you can go ahead and read them, and then we had some uh, oh no you didn't pictures, and uh, it was pretty entertaining. So yeah. I like that. And then Hi uh, yeah, highbrow humor over our right, again, <laughs> your mom place. jokes. All right, and then uh, real quick, we'll get to uh, the Grooves pickup before we get to my super great uh, 32X story. Yeah, please, please uh, so give us Groove. breaks in between all the 32X onslaughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, recover. we need time to uh, recover. <laughs> so the so the Groove, who uh, we've mentioned it before, but in case you don't know or are new to the site, the Groove is our Android uh, programmer for the Android, uh, our generation Android app. Which, uh, which I have downloaded and used since we talked about last time, and it is awesome. I love it. Isn't it great? Yeah, yeah. He does. He does good work. I don't know if the Gru has a PayPal donate button, but he should. He should. Yeah. I I posted over there a suggestion for an iOS version Kickstarter. Sure. It doesn't have to be a big Kickstarter. It can be the it can be the littlest Kickstarter. <laughs> I think it's only like what like a hundred bucks to get a license for the software. Right. Yeah. So I mean, we we could do that. We'll get that done by the next episode. Right. Okay. You kick yeah. right in on that. 
So the Gru grabbed a whole bunch of uh, uh, looks like uh, Game Boy uh, GBA games and uh, uh, the Game Boy Advance uh, SP. I think is the the flipping model. Yep. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And and then it looks like I, I didn't really read into the details, but it looks like boxes of stuff. Oh man, yeah. He got like you know like a whole bunch of PlayStations, a whole bunch of Nintendos, a whole bunch of old PC stuff, like just boxes upon boxes of just random hardware and accessories and cords and. It's not yeah. quite an Amiga score, but <laughs> <laughs> almost. Almost. But yeah, it, it looks like I think he said he was like organizing and you know like selling some of the stuff that uh, you know is you know he's already got or isn't interested in. But it, it just looked like uh, you know kind of like the Christmas tree lights uh, in a box, uh-huh. just like all thrown in there. So those are always fun uh, lots to uh, you know to organize <laughs> to clean a little bit and. Uh, you know, work your way. I, at least I think they're fun. Oh, yeah. Some people don't think they're fun. I'm always so happy when I can come across big lots of like things like controllers and cords and whatnot because I'm always getting systems that have no, they're just bare. Yeah. Yep. And to be able to refurb them and sell them, I've got to scrape up cords somewhere. That's a good point. I used to like if I had like loose like power cables or like uh, uh you know RFs or or like controllers or whatever. Sometimes I would sell them, and then I kind of realized very quickly, no, <laughs> hang on to that stuff because you're going to end up with a with a, like an NES toaster that is literally just a toaster without all that stuff. Yeah, it makes them harder to sell yeah. if, or yeah. trade if you're looking to do that. So I'm always happy when people are like, I've got you know five of these power adapters sitting around or whatever. Like, okay. Shoot them! I'll take them. Uh, are you guys ready? No. Uh, what about what about Wimster? I mean, come on, let's not. Oh, so I didn't. Wimster. I didn't. I didn't see. I, I forgot Just the so uh, Mario All Star. Yeah, yeah, cut down. Sorry. We'll, we'll talk about 32x some more. It's just calm <laughs> right, down. Let's, I want. You're right. Why don't we save the best for last? So we'll <laughs> we'll we'll leave that down there. So yeah, Wimster. Uh, what's what's the best price you can pay for something? Um, I think free is always free. the best price. And how cool is it? Mario All-Stars. What do you pay for that? Free. <laughs> what do you pay for Final Fight 2? What, what? What? Free? And how much did he get Super Punch-Out for? No. Free? Free. But the but the problem is he does actually owe the podcast uh, $3 for not posting pictures uh, of, the, of those three items. So that's the uh, rule. When, when, you, when you don't post pictures, you owe a dollar for each thing you listed. So just yeah. remember, go over to the Podomatic page, rfgenerationcollectorcast.podomatic.com, and you will find our PayPal donate button. We'll be waiting. Yep. We'll no be minimum. Waiting. Three bucks. <laughs> Um, and I know none of us recognize it at first, but uh, Noise Redux posted that T-shirt and let it quickly let us know why it was awesome. Yeah, I saw the shirt and I'm like, oh, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of had to post like, uh, what is it? Uh, but yeah, it's the like the Jet Grind, right? Yeah, the yeah Jet, yeah, Jet Grind Radio or Jet Set Radio, depending on your region. The same shirt the lead character is wearing. Yeah, didn't he say what the symbol meant? I don't. I think Shadow said, but I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, it's Japanese, right? But I don't remember exactly what like something about beats or, or something. something. Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. But uh, it is a cool shirt. I I really like it, and I'm not even a big fan of the game. Yeah, not a big fan either. But it's okay. Um, didn't it just come out? Actually, I think on. Um, the new consoles, right? Down I was just going to say, yeah, it just came out on uh, the... Uh, I'm not sure about PSN, but it definitely came out in the Xbox Live Marketplace. So if you want to go back and relive some of that stuff, go for it. Um, it's cool. It's a it, fun little game. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I think the coolest thing at the time that... Uh, 
when it came out was on the Dreamcast, you know, you had the modem. So you could connect to the internet, and what it would let you do is you could download like any JPEG or whatnot and use it as a custom tag in the game. So you could tag things with whatever JPEG image you wanted to that you would save on your VMU. So duh. Wait, wait whatever image? <laughs> whatever image you wanted. <laughs> So, how long did that take for someone to abuse? No, how long did it take for me to abuse? <laughs> I went out immediately and went, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, that, that reminds me of, uh, uh, obviously, you have a, a 3DS. We, we've talked about this. Um, how long did it take you uh, to uh, uh, to take an inappropriate picture with the 3D camera? <laughs> okay, I've not done that yet, but that sounds interesting. Yeah, no, they're coming right at you. <laughs> Just make sure you do not lose the console, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or you will be in lots of trouble. That's funny. No, I've not thought of that. I guess my I'm getting old. My mind is slipping. Yeah, I didn't think of that <laughs> either. I'm going to have to experiment now. <laughs> like, and oh, then, honey, uh, so Krabby, dear, can Krabby. you come here for a minute? <laughs> so did you mention your uh, uh, CDI lots? No, uh, uh, I know we were talking about it off the air. Yeah, it um, actually came from Duke Togo. Uh, he's been holding on to it for me for a very, very long time. What, like since like Safekeeping. a ran- ransom for you to send yeah. him a dragon fighter? Um, yeah, so he's been holding on to this CDI lot for me, and it's got like everything I need to get started. Um, it's got the CDI. What is it? The two hundred series. Yeah, Magnavox. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, and eighteen games. Well, not not all of them are games, but most of them are games. Um, <laughs> go yeah, I've got you know like the Compton's encyclopedia stuff that. It always comes with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you actually sprint. sent me quite a few titles that I'm eager to to try, such as Backgammon. Yeah, I know that's <laughs> right on the top of your list is Backgammon, yeah, right? Yeah, but no, I played like Seventh Guest when I was a kid, and I'm looking forward to revisiting it. It's got all and the, they're both the Dragon Slayers and uh, Space Ace. Um, yeah, there's a few. Strip, few strip Poker Live. Strip Poker yeah. Live. I'm, I've uh-huh. been telling Duke that I'm really eager to, to try that one out. I'm really eager to to send lots of uh, lots of my game capture pictures into the RFGen database from that one. All I've got to say is, if you ever get to skin on that game, let me know because it's you're not going to get there. <laughs> I'll just tell you, you're not going to get there. Now, what what kind of game is Voyeur? Have you played? Have you? I haven't heard of that. Oh, dude, I did yeah, a blog he post, did a blog about post on it. So um, that one, I'm like, I'm sorry, I missed that. Long time ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. It didn't get lost, did it? it? No, it's like I think a, it's like a murder mystery kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like a deja vu. Um. No. It's. It's basically you're a voyeur. You're spying on <laughs> peeping Tom windows. Yeah, kinda. But you're like supposed to be a detective. But by spying on different windows in this mansion, you're supposed to solve a crime and figure out who done it. Ooh, that's kind of cool. Kind of like a rear window type thing. Yeah, and it's uh, of course there's some really pretty racy. Not, I mean, there's no nudity or anything, but I mean, it's, you know, you got some interesting yeah, I mean, there's, there's, situations. There's, lip, there's lipstick on. right on the cover. <laughs> yeah, there's some interesting for you know for early '90s. It's fairly racy stuff that's right. in there. I'll let I'll let Krabby find all the mysterious <laughs> secrets. No, no spoilers, you, guys. You probably don't want to waste time trying to find out who done it. Just watch all the different interesting clips. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, that lot's got. Um, that you got the nice controller oh, yeah. there too, yeah, and the video card, the digital video card that's in. The, so those are the that and the controller. Those are the harder things to come hold, yeah, to get a hold um, of. I appreciate that because I don't have to try and figure out how to play with the TV remote now. Oh yeah, those <laughs> things are atrocious. Yeah. 
but yeah, that control pad is it's just like a basically just like a Genesis pad. Yeah, that's the first thing that jumped out at me when I saw it. Yeah. Uh, and then my other exciting lot, um, Banana, who's uh, been slowly like about the same time, uh, like way back in like January or February, he's been picking up NES games for me locally at his stores when he finds them for you know a buck here, two bucks there, the occasional harder to find title he'll he'll email me like i can find this but i have to pay a little more are you okay with that and so he's he's ended up with a big box so like i got 37 nes cards from him that i all of which i needed for my license set and on top of that he surprised me by loading it up with a whole bunch of extras too he sent me like eight atari 2600 games one of which was very significant to me um i, I made a blog post a while back about um important games to me and which ones uh shaped my like gaming habits now and i, I made a mention that my first game i ever remember playing or seeing played was frostbite for the 2600 and so he made sure i got a copy of frostbite in this box and sent it to me which i haven't had since i was a kid so it's very special and along with duke he's been bugging me for many months about getting into famicom stuff <laughs> <laughs> so he he sent me a converter and flappy for the famicom so that i have no excuse to to not play some famicom stuff now and to, <laughs> we got you. yeah and to even ice the cake more um we he's got kids i've got kids around the same age so we talked about our kids for a bit he knew mine's kind of getting into superheroes now so he sent him a few uh superhero toys to to play with and it just happened to arrive on a day when my son had a really bad fever all day hadn't eaten anything hadn't done anything had just just laid on the couch for like 10 hours and then this uh, box showed up and he got these toys and he finally lit up and was you know happy for the, for the first time that day it was really awesome that is, so, that is really cool uh, yeah i can't thank you enough banana that was just an amazing box to go through i loved it i mean that's uh, and you even did a really nice write-up about that and i think you were kind of saying the same thing that i always say that it's just the community over RF Gen is really just top notch. Yeah, like I said, this guy, like I, I didn't pay him for the carts. He was picking them up out of his own cash for like ten months until I finally gave him some money for them. Like just unbelievable. And then on top of that, he sends me all these freebies and extras and actual thoughtful things. It's just unreal. Yeah, really quality people. It kind of it does kind of you know it's kind of weird with a hobby like this, but it almost kind of tugs at the heartstrings a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So that's really cool. Um, Plus, I'm really excited I, to play Conan, which he, he found for me. <laughs> that's going in the system tonight. Oh, so check out Krabby's YouTube channel. I think we've mentioned it before, but Krabby does playthroughs of NES games all the way through, and you can watch his start to finish. And they're not they're not generally channel. very pretty. <laughs> no, that's okay. I made the comment to you that I, I like that. I went to watch your uh, Castlevania uh, playthrough, and I, I, you know, I got to you know a certain point, and and you know you were like dying, and like a lot of videos you see on YouTube are like speed runs or perfect or whatever. And I like how it's just you playing the game, like you can see you learning the game and you know changing your strategy as you go, and I think that's cool. Yeah, you get to see a lot of uh, learning in some of those games. <laughs> so. Uh, how do people find your channel on YouTube, Crabby? Um, what is it? 2000 Crab Master you can search for. Yeah, and he's got yeah. a lot of completed NES games if you guys want to check these out. I mean, even really brutal ones like these baseball games that you play through. What was it, like 60 hours of bases loaded? And it's the yeah. same thing over and over every 20 minutes. Uh, yeah. 
And even like Jeopardy was a long one. Uh, it was less than an hour, wasn't it? What wouldn't didn't you say that it was tricky because like not all, not all the questions are current events? Oh yeah, it's like it's like uh, late '80s, early '90s uh, trivia. So I was what like six when a lot of these things were like on the news. So yeah. So was Wikipedia your friend on that one? No, it was trial and error. I just you know, eventually the same questions come up again or the same categories, so you just remember them. <laughs> but yeah, you guys should check that out. Check out Krabby's channel. He's got some he's got some pretty cool stuff over there. I, I want to take a second to interject, and I hope it's, this is okay, but I want to take a moment to maybe talk about the pitfalls of shipping via UPS to Canada. <laughs> yes, I should mention that. Um, so for for everybody, this CDI lot that I was sending to Krabby, and I still feel bad about it, but I, I really didn't know. Um, when I took it so I could go, okay, let's find out who's got the cheapest shipping so I can send this big, I mean, it's very like 24 pounds. So I got the pricing from, you know, the postal service and then the pricing from UPS. I'm like, oh, you know, UPS is like 20 bucks cheaper or something. So I was like, okay, we'll go with that. But Crabby, you want to tell me what the other end on Canada is like for UPS? Yeah, I got a delightful uh, COD charge. Um, thankfully, the the charge, I, I missed the actual first delivery. They try three times. So the first one, I've got the note on the door saying that we tried to drop it off. And you're going to owe us $92 when we bring it into you? And I'm like, what? Because I, I get hit with customs fees you know, fair, often enough that I'm not surprised. But this was way beyond any customs fee I've ever paid, like three times the amount. Yeah, and I felt bad because you, you messaged me right about it. Like, you're like, do you have any idea why this is? I'm like, holy crap, no. I have no idea why this is. No, so I, I called them right away to find out what was going on. And apparently UPS likes to charge a brokerage fee for simply just having to deal with customs at all going internationally. Uh, whereas no one else that I've ever had shipped with has done that. I was able to talk it down a little bit, but I still had to pay a hefty chunk uh, to cover their brokerage fee, or they would have sent it back. And uh, yeah, it was really, it was kind of hidden. Like they didn't tell Duke or me about it. Um, so we we weren't happy, and I wouldn't recommend using UPS to ship from US to Canada. No, I mean, and that's it. When I went to the UPS store, they didn't mention anything about any of this. Uh, I mean, I knew that I have to put like the declared value and you'd have to pay whatever your taxes when yeah. you get there. But they didn't yeah. mention anything about any other fees. No, um, uh, the lady I talked to sounded like every package that, that goes through, they pay brokerage fee. Yeah. So lesson learned folks, if you're ever going to ship from the UPS to international customers, stick with the postal service. Yeah. Don't go with these people. I mean, they did get it here quick, but if you, if you don't need something here fast, it's not worth the extra price. Yeah, and I, I mean, I understand some people might be a stickler about it because, yes, you can get, like, signature confirmation and tracking, but I don't know. I mean, I just, there's no way I'm going to do that to somebody again. I just won't do it. So, my apologies, Krabby. Lesson learned. I will never, never do that again. We're all good. <laughs> as soon as I, I see some skin in strip poker, I'll forget all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Take some screenshots because you'll probably only see something once and that'll be it. So uh, so coming back to wrap things up, so uh, quote unquote the best for last. Yep. So you've been hinting around like at the last show that you might have some big deal going on, but you didn't want to kind of spill the beans on anything, right? Yeah, I mean, for, for the people who kind of follow small scores, they, they've, seen, uh, they've seen it posted. So let me give you the whole story. And uh, uh, it's... 
it's not uh, uh, exactly the deal I wanted to make, but it's close. Um, and I'll try to keep it kind of short because we still have to get to our main topic. So um, basically, I was at work. I had to go. Uh, I work in a, a, a medical practice, and I had to go uh, uh, order some office furniture. So I decided I was going to go to the place and sit in these chairs because I, I can't mail order uh, chairs. I have to experience uh uh, the seat <laughs> so so I went over there I sat a whole bunch of chairs and uh, you know whatever not important and then when I left I figured okay well it's there's not enough time for me to go back to work and uh, I, I, it's not enough time to go home but oh the retro game store is kind of in this area okay so I punched out <laughs> Funny a, how that a little bit early uh, yeah uh, and I, I, I there's no way I was planning this all day long <laughs> so um so so I, I theoretically punched out and uh, uh, you know headed over there so I walk in the store, and uh, the owner knows me pretty well, and, and it says, hey, Bill, what's going on? I say, hey, Chris, what's happening? And he says, actually, he says, come back here. i got to show you something. So he brings me to the back room of the store, uh, and uh, he has this little kind of like side uh, uh, storeroom. It's, it's pretty small, and he opens it up, and there's about 12 or 13 banker boxes. Um, so I can't tell what's inside yet, but there's also like a handful of system boxes, like a Sega CD2, um, I think there was a 5200 and a 2600, so a handful of system boxes. And he said, "This he said all these banker boxes are Sega stuff." And uh, he said, uh, "You're into 32x, right?" And I said, "Yeah, it's one of my little, you know, weird little things that I like." And he said, uh, "Open that box up." So I opened the box up, expecting to see like you know some 32x games. And I and I looked at it, and as I opened it up, he said, uh, "Yeah, it's uh, every single 32x game is in there." Oh, and I opened and I opened the box. And it's just, uh, it's just yellow, like all the, all the box. And I've never, and that's the thing. It's like, you know how when you like, you're, you're like, you're pulling up to Goodwill. We, and I think I said this in the thread and like you're daydreaming about like, I'm going to walk in here and I'm going to find, you know, the, like that one super crazy, awesome thing. And I always, for some reason, imagine like finding a Rob, uh, like a big box Rob. It's silly, but I do it. I always, same thing. Like I always wonder like. What would it be like to like walk into a place and have like a whole collection of you know something you're looking for? So, I, like I really couldn't believe it. So I open the box. So the, the first thing I do when I open this box up is I sift through really quick and I find there's three games uh, uh, that I need for a complete 32x set. There's uh, a Slam City featuring Scott or with Scotty Pippen, which is not very very uh, rare. Uh, and then there's the two two of the bigger ones. There's a uh, uh, Spider Man. Which is not terribly rare. It's almost always on sale. It's just really expensive. And then World Series Baseball featuring Deion Sanders, which uh, has actually been on sale more lately. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that people are starting to see that it is a desirable title. And the people who have it in their collections are like, yeah, I'd rather take the $400 for it. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, so we had all, so all three were in there. And I said, I said, and he, he already, he saw the look on my face and he said, uh, uh, he said they're not mine yet. And I said, "Oh, like what what has to happen? Like what what's what's going on?" And then he said, "Yeah, the the guy left the whole collection here. I'm supposed to appraise it, tell him uh, how much uh, I'll give him for it, and then he'll make a decision." So I said, "Okay, these are the three games that I need. If you buy this collection, I will buy these games from you." I didn't mention price, neither did he. I said, "If you buy this collection, I will buy these from you." Right, right. So he said, "Okay, no problem." So we put them aside, and uh, uh, on my way home. Uh, 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 I was thinking about him, you know, how you, how you do that. So I got <laughs> home and I, I sent him a text or an email and I, I said, uh, come on, Chris, like, you got this. 
you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can make this deal. And, and he, he hit me back like, uh, like, uh, yeah, I hope so, dude. And I was like, come on, you're a machine. You got this. So, so I'm like, I'm like, I'm like pumping him up. You're doing so, like the Rocky uh, pep talk thing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, uh, I sent him a picture of Mickey. So just to, just I to the tire. <laughs> so, um, so a few more days go by. I kind of, you know, I said, I, I sent something over to him like, Hey, like any, any progress on that? Uh, and he's like, Oh yeah, the guy's supposed to be coming in today. So I said, okay, so I'm like, same thing, I'm at work, I'm thinking about it all day. Like, oh, is he going to get it? It's, oh, I hope he doesn't want too much money for these, because I start looking at, like, you know, uh, completed auctions, and the and uh, the two big ones are really through the roof lately, like super, super high. So uh, I'm worried about that and all this other stuff. So I get, uh, on the way home from him, I get an email, and uh, I look at it, and uh, he just emailed me and he said, yeah, it sucks, dude. The guy traded in everything except the 32X games. Oh. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you. Oh. I, and I was literally, I, I was too upset to even respond to him. <laughs> I, I, I was like, it was like at a stoplight uh, and my wife looks at me and she's like, what's wrong? And I was like, nothing. I don't want to talk about it. So we kept driving home. So we, get, we got home and I still hadn't said anything back to him. So I, I got home and I sent something back. I was like, oh, that really sucks, dude. I said, like, do you have his number? Like, maybe I can buy, like, directly from him, like, as long as it's not getting between you guys. Were you just and, crying um, and saying, like, I had them in my hands? Yeah, I was holding the last games. I put my hands on him. And then uh, he he emails me back and he's like, nah, I'm just kidding. I got him. <laughs> And uh, he's never pulled anything like that before. So I, I said, I literally almost hired a hitman. Just now. <laughs> so um, so that's a little Spider-Man to have him dead. Exactly. <laughs> you, you can have someone whacked for about a buck 50, right? Is that the going rate? Right? So, so anyway, so then he got them. So then it comes to negotiations. So I said, okay, dude, I said, what do you want for these? And uh, he sends me a list and he says, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, World Series Baseball, he wanted 154. Um, there have been a handful of completed auctions in like the 180 to 225 range. So I didn't think that was that unreasonable. I actually had a whole bunch of, uh, I've sold a whole bunch of stuff to him. So it ended up being covered in credit anyway. So it was kind of like, you know, great. even though it's it's not free money, I kind of see it as like, oh, free money. <laughs> sure, so, it's play um, money. I said, I said, okay, that's, that, I said, uh, that's, that's reasonable. Like, that's not a problem. But he wanted 350 for Spider-Man. Whoa. And I, I said to him, like, I looked up some recent auctions and I mean, Earlier this year, between 120 and 200, you know, they were going for. Very recently, it sold for between 350 and 450 several times. Oh. And I, I, I sent something back to him and I said, "Listen, man, I'm really sorry. I know I told you I would buy these games if you bought them, um, but I really, I just feel like Spider-Man is on a huge bubble right now and it's going to come down. So I'll, I'll take a World Series. I'll take a Slam City. Um, and I'm sure you'll have no problem moving Spider-Man, but I, I just can't see my way clear to." Because at that point, I, I had exhausted most of my credit. It would have been cash. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I, I was able to grab uh, the the very hard-to-find, uh, complete, and really good co- uh, condition World Series Baseball uh, for 32X. So And uh, Slam City. That uh, The rare piece in that one is uh, there's like a, 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 a rub-on tattoo. And it does have <laughs> it in there. And I also bought a... Um, uh, a box replacement for my NFL quarterback club because I had a faded spine. So now it's uh, it's nice and bright. It was like the one faded spine in my whole collection. So for five bucks, I just I, you know I'll, I'll do a spine upgrade. And uh, I have uh, I have the one left now. Spider Man Web of Fire, uh, which leads me to uh, 
And I didn't get Spider-Man, so I'm not teasing that, but it leads me to uh, my visit with Shadow. I was in uh, earlier uh, Florida earlier this month, and he's been teasing me for a while. He knows I'm into you know the black box, complete Nintendo games, and he's been saying for a while, oh, I think I've got some. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got like a handful that you need. And I'm like, oh, cool, which ones are they? And he's like, ah, oh, like, I don't know, like all my games are like in a box in the closet somewhere. And ten, I'll, ten I'll, copies of Duck Hunt, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I'll hit him back, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. But in my head, I'm thinking... Go in your closet. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. No, no. What? At Shadow's house, though, I don't think you yeah. probably understand <laughs> what his closet would be like. Yeah, I remember that video he posted a while ago of just walking through walls of boxes. Yeah, where like, <laughs> yeah. knocked boxes. off a UPS truck and stole Cram- the truck. Yep. has been to his house, so just ask. I've been to his house, like, yep. literally, like, the day after he moved in, too. So, yeah, it was, like, boxes everywhere. Yeah, so I mean, so every you know, and every time I'll post something like, "Hey, you know, just reminder, anyone complete games," and he's like, "Oh yeah, I know I've got a few. I know my local stores have a few. Like, I'll get to you as soon as I can." And he's been moving and stuff, so, which I know what that's like. So it's no big deal. So um, uh, anyway, so that's on the side. I'm a big hockey fan, as uh, some of you guys know. So I, I mentioned to him, <laughs> and the Canadian booze. <laughs> You're Canadian. What I are you know, doing? So, uh, so uh, NHL 13, the most recent, is just coming out, and I had asked him, uh, I was like, hey, so um, do, you, do you actually, you know, does your team, because uh, he works in NCAA uh, uh, football, I said, does your team talk to the NHL team at all? Like, you know, I, like, I've been a big fan of that series, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so we're just chatting, so I meet up with him and his wife, and, and my wife, we had dinner, and uh, he has like a, like a Christmas bag for me, and, oh. just, and I see him. Like, I text him, and I'm like, where are you? He's like, I'm the guy over in front of this with the huge bag. <laughs> so that's how I found him was this big bag. So I opened it up. He gave me uh, the Black Box uh, Baseball uh, NES, uh, Black Box Wrecking Crew, cool. which uh, I was definitely not expecting something that cool. Uh, and he actually picked up uh, an NHL 13 for me uh, uh, on 360, the, the special edition, the Stanley Cup edition, so I don't have to look at Claude Giroux's ugly face on the cover of uh, the regular edition game. And that's like the steel box, um, isn't it? Yeah, it's like and it's and it's uh, got like the when you take the cover off, it's got like the last like twenty years uh, worth of a Stanley Cup winners like imprinted on the back. It's really cool. Um, and he got me a, a shirt at the company store at the EA uh, company store. It's a uh, like a classic like sixteen bit hockey player. Um, I haven't taken a picture of it yet. I, I'm I'm going to as soon as uh, as soon as I like I I see it and I think to do it. But yeah, uh, Shadow, um, we've mentioned him before on the site. He's uh, one of the uh, directors of the site. Super cool, uh, awesome dude. Uh, very, very generous in his deals, uh, as most of the members uh, uh, on the site are. Uh, just And like I said in the post, he kind of he really did roll uh, housewarming, my birthday, and Christmas all into one. Uh, and he's got a box coming his way, too. So big, big, big thanks to uh, uh, Shadow. And then uh, just on the side, uh, uh, the very last thing I grabbed... Uh, a couple of box, Super Nintendo boxes, Super Mario RPG box to complete that, uh, Street Fighter 2 box. And um, I felt bad posting this because we have a newer member uh, looking for a night. He's like, hey, anyone found Nightshade? <laughs> and then I go You're on like, small scores and I'm like, yeah. yep, yep, Nightshade just uh, picked it up. And uh, uh, I, I do apologize. If it was a cart, I would definitely throw it over to you. But uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll run across another one. Oh, I'm sure we will. Yeah, the, we we got the the team out looking for it. So <laughs> sure. Yeah, picked up a nightshade complete in very nice uh, crispy shape, and uh, uh, I got my my Famicom. My trade from Duke came in, so I'm in the Famicom club. I got my first three carts that Shadow um, uh, from the Japanese writing identified all three. So he's uh, uh, I, I just uh, on the thread uh, 
I, I, you can see the Gradius uh, writing in English, but the others are just, you just see the Japanese and Shadow's like, oh, Gradius, King Kong, and Goonies? It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you're welcome. I, yeah. <laughs> I picked those out for it. Those are great little starter cards. You sure did. And I, and I made the comment. I said, oh, wow, like I didn't realize uh, a happy coincidence. They're all Konami games. Man, Konami then... is the best on Famicom. <laughs> yeah, and that's what you said. You're like, oh, that's no coincidence. They are the best. That's right. That's right. And uh, I know you're a big Konami guy anyway. On the you like the silver I, boxes, so I am. Yeah. This, besides that, the silver box designs are really cool. A lot of those silver box games are what I grew up playing, so it's kind of what uh, made me want to uh, grab that as a subset. Oh, and hey, you know, Crisis Force is a Konami game. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Mm, there you mm. go. So, so really, what we're trying to say is, you've had this big, long, you know, story that you've given us, and really the very most important thing that you saved for last the very most important thing was the famicom (laughs) (laughs) is is that crisis force is now an opportunity for me no you got a famicom so you finally come over to the to the right side of things hey it's uh uh it's whatever you love is the right side so you know that way you can now that you've only got one more 32x cart you can just set that to the side and you can start playing some real games now right (laughs) (laughs) i'll play i'll play them all a little bit of everything (laughs) But uh, that's great. I'm glad to hear that you've joined the club. I know Krabby's got a converter now. You can all play the games. So shame on you if you don't go get some more. That's all I can say. I will be happy to give you recommendations, both of you. Um, Get on board. That's all I can say. There is some really great stuff. And uh, again, like the local shop here's got stuff. Um, I know I've got another big box of carts. Probably, I'm guessing, like... Um, probably in the neighborhood of like 80, 85 more carts coming here soon that I bought in a big lot. So I'll, wow. I might have some dupes coming along the pipe. So Dukes, dupes. I'll talk to you guys both about that when that comes. I don't know exactly what I'm getting. It's one of those just big buy a big lot, see what you get. But the price was fine and that'll be cool. I'm, hopefully by next episode I can talk about that. Cool. Sounds good. So wonderful. Again, folks, we say this every time, but if you are not on the um, RF Generation website, you really should join. Please share the things that you pick up uh, when you're out doing your collecting, things you get in. We love to see the pictures, and um, you never know. Maybe next time we'll we'll talk a little bit about, about yours. So for our main topic, we really wanted to take a moment and talk, um, first off, about pricing and trading. So, uh, you know, as a person that does collecting, inevitably you're going to end up with at least duplicates when you're out there. So you're going to have to at some point work on trading or pricing that stuff out to some other people. We kind of wanted to explore that a little bit. So pricing trading, where do you guys go for your pricing information? How do you value your stuff? Uh, it depends on the platform, um, and it, and uh, there's always tricks. Um, of course, like a lot of people uh, turn to eBay, and it's it's always very important to look at what things are actually uh, 
uh, selling at and not just, you know, uh, people asking for. Um, so uh, one of the probably the, the tool I use most often is price charting, uh, pricecharting.com, that is. Um, but uh, you have to be really careful because uh, when you look up a title on price charting, it'll give you kind of a generic number, which is kind of the average of what the game sells for. But that's kind of got, uh, uh, you know, loose carts, uh, you know, complete, like new, sealed, all kind of mixed together. So it's really important once you find the game you're looking for uh, to hit that completed uh, auctions uh, tab. And then you can kind of see a whole list of uh, the recently completed prices. And I kind of I kind of find if it's a cart, you kind of just, you know, go with a cart price that's, uh, you know, in similar shape. If it's complete, it really depends a lot on condition. So you got to find something that's in really similar condition to what you've got. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um yeah, and then depending on where I'm selling the item, whether it's on a forum on eBay or locally, um, I'll adjust the value depending on on the forum I'm using too. So, I mean, a lot of times I keep in mind when I'm trying to do selling is that I, I'll too, I'll go to, of course, eBay or price charting, but I also have to understand that um, you know, mixed in with that price that you're getting is there's eBay fees and another whatnots that are hidden inside of that as a seller and when i'm in a forum or whatnot trying to do that i mean that doesn't really exist as a cost mm -hmm. so i'm always trying to go a little under what that is i mean i don't know about you guys but usually i'm i'm trying to go for like around between or i don't know like 10 15 percent under what that going rate is just because that's what ebay would gobble up and i'd rather pass that along <coughs> to other people than than you know have ebay eat that money well, what do you guys think yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat with that. It's uh, uh there's there's my my kind of order of uh of selling trading is uh, the first place it goes is the forums, um because that's a community that uh, I enjoy the most and I want to support as much as I can. And those prices end up being maybe ten to fifteen percent less than uh, com the recent completed eBay auctions. Um, that's, you know, in general, sometimes it, it'll vary a little bit depending on the rarity of the item or, you know, if, if you're trying to help somebody out or something like that. Um, but then after it's been on the forums for a little while and it doesn't move, uh, then I'll, it depends on, on, you know, around me, stuff doesn't move on Craigslist very quickly. Like it just, it just doesn't. Uh, so, but sometimes I'll try something if it's, you know, a rarish item that I think might actually, you know, move. Uh, but then after, you know, a couple months of no movement on those uh, fronts, then I'll go to eBay. But you're right. You have to increase the price by about 10 to 15 percent to see the same return you would uh, just because of the fees, because of the uh, uh, like, you know, the, the 3 percent PayPal fee you're going to get on top of that. Plus, um, you the money doesn't clear right away. So it really could be like, a, you know, three to four weeks before you see that money. So it's really the least convenient way to sell. Um, but, you know, your thing almost always will sell on eBay. Yeah, the only thing that changes uh, for me is I always try locally first because there's no no retro store within like eight or nine hours of me. So it's I have a lot easier time moving things on Craigslist or Kijiji and then go, go through the forums after. And then um, I've actually dabbled a little bit in uh, GameGavel over eBay lately and I'm, I'm really liking them. So eBay is kind of my fourth go-to now. Yeah, I'm, you know, I don't... I just really don't eBay. Um, and maybe that's just odd for me. I'm pretty patient, and really, this is my hobby, and it's play money. So it's not like I have something tied up in funds that I need. So a lot of times I'll just sit there, and eventually somebody usually is going to come along that wants the stuff, or we'll do a little trade out for something. And I mean, I understand if it's something that doesn't have a lot of value, sure, I'll swap it out for something else that I don't already have that doesn't have a lot of value. 
Yeah, I've, like but, I've bought off eBay in the last couple of years, but I don't think I've actually sold anything for nearly two years now. Maybe a little more. It's been a while. And it just seems to me that, um, you know, I hear a lot of negativity around eBay as sellers. And there's just it's a lot of trouble. There's fees involved. It's not as nice and clean as it used to be. And I don't know. I've not used the tool a lot, but... It's definitely more buyer-friendly than it is seller-friendly these days, but the entire internet is leaning that way. Um, like, my wife has an Etsy shop where she makes and sells jewelry, and she's been doing that for the last two years. And it's like every couple of weeks, there seems to be, like, another change that it's like, oh, geez, like, they're they're putting another roadblock up for sellers. So I kind of understand their point of view. Like, they want their buyers to feel safe, secure, and, like, you know, totally good about the transaction. So I know the internet's – most sites, uh, you know, where you buy things online – are kind of leaning more towards that way, but it is more of an inconvenience uh, as a seller. So if you are not in a rush to sell, then you're much better off just you know re just bumping your sales threads in your regular forms, uh, you know, every couple of days. And I mean, I've had stuff sit on a, a thread for you know weeks and months, and then you know just you know on some random bump, someone sees it and it's like, oh, I'll take it. You know, so it's if if you're not in a rush to sell, you know, the the forms are uh, are where to stay. Yeah, I run into that all the time. I mean, I've got stuff that probably has been in my sale thread for six months. Um, not very many items these days, but yeah, that's it. You'll have this random, oh, hey, or, uh, you know, you'll talk to somebody like, hey, I noticed you're putting that up for trade. I'm really interested in it. And maybe they weren't particularly looking in your sale thread, but they don't want that thing anymore. And they're happy to trade it for some other stuff you've got sitting around. Yep. And also every time you buy something, you know, just because uh, something you have isn't on someone else's kind of want list, I still, every single time I make an offer on something, I say, here's a link to my sales thread. Let me know if anything looks good. Otherwise, let me know where I can send the PayPal. So, yeah. And then once in a while, you'll just get somebody like, ooh, I'll take that for you know $8 credit towards what you're buying. So, Sure. Now, when you guys are doing your selling like on forums, do you um, typically price your items on your sale thread? Do you leave that open and just wait for the offers and questions to come in? I mean, how do you guys handle that? I've tried it open and I find that people just seem to be scared away by them and I don't get any responses. And then as soon as I have the same list of games, uh, I throw prices on them, then, uh, you know, I get floods of PMs right after. Yeah, it's, it's similar. Like, uh, uh, I've actually, I haven't had that experience where I put stuff up without prices, then add prices and get PMs. But I have even myself, like I'll, I'll pull up a thread and I'm like, oh, like, I wonder, I wonder like, you know, what he's asking for this or, and then it's like, oh, there's no price. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, because, and part of it is you really don't want to, and I say this to people when I, when I make offers on things that don't hit the market very often, I say like, listen, man, I, here's where this offer is coming from because you don't want to be the low baller, you know? And it's, sure. uh, and even worse, like you don't want to be the unintentional low baller and then, uh, you know just uh, uh you know maybe close a trading door so yeah i mean i uh, i do both i mean i've i've had things that i you know have for offer but uh you know most of the time i do, i do put prices on yeah now see um there's certain things that i will price period like hardware i'll price it because hardware prices just don't fluctuate very often yeah I mean, not really not really over time but i found like game prices can fluctuate pretty wildly within maybe a month, month and a half span. Yeah. So I usually don't try to put a lot of those unless they're stuff that is just, I mean, like, come on. You know I mean? Like Atari <laughs> 2600 cartridges, look, you know, it's a buck or work with me for a deal because let's be honest, it's just going to be the value 
and maybe if you get one over for me and I've got a rare one in there, then good for you. <laughs> but yeah. it's just it's just not happening very often. But everything is all over the board, especially like Super Nintendo and like regular NES cards. I mean, like the prices are jumping around like like crazy sometimes. It's hard to keep on top of that. And it seems to me that like, wow, that's a really a lot of extra work to try to keep a price list up all the time instead of, you know, just come let me know if you're interested in something. I'm easy to work with. Yeah, I mean, well, for you, I, I feel like your sales thread has has a decent amount of stuff in it. Um, I feel like the that most of the time I only have like a handful of things, so that might make a difference in you know being able to keep up on pricing with like five or six things. Whereas if you have like you know forty carts in your uh, thread, you know, yeah, I would imagine it could be a pain to kind of keep up with uh, price changes, you know, on that many carts on you know several forums. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's a uh, uh, a rarity, I think, plays a, or desirability plays a little bit of a part in that because those titles, I mean, kind of demand a premium, so you can kind of you know put that price tag on them. And uh, or actually, sometimes the other way, a lot of times, like the like the cheapy titles will be listed like a buck, two bucks, three bucks, and then like the big one is kind of like for offer. So because they, <laughs> you know, that that seller definitely wants to see that uh, you know three hundred dollar offer come in or whatever it is. On on the flip side of rarity, there. Um... Do you ever find that you low or not low ball, but offer on the lower end of items that you have a higher chance of finding locally? If I'm going to make an offer on something, I'm usually going to only try to buy something I can't get locally. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Um, like for example, I mean, I'm I won't talk about the individual and this particular transaction, but I had a person messaging me and they were. They want to know, like, hey, I heard you're kind of looking for this cart. What do you think? And trying to work a deal. And they came to me, and and I kind of told them a few times. I was like, you know, and just really, you know, maybe just not real, real interested. And they they just asked, you know, you know, why? Can you do you mind sharing why? And and I said, yeah, it's just that the price that you're asking for. I know if I wait around long enough, my local retro shop will have it for that price or maybe a little less. Um, and I'm just not in a big hurry. Uh, it's not that uncommon of an item to find. So it's like I understand the eBay price says and the online price says, but I'm just not there. You know what I mean? If I if I find uh an ad on on like something like Craigslist for a, a fairly common game, something like Mario Kart 64 or Smash Bros or something like that uh for like 15 bucks and I can buy it for the same price online. Um, I often won't respond to that Craigslist ad because I'll I can get it online for you know the condition I wanted in the completeness I wanted in or I can just wait and find it locally again for half the price or less. Yeah, um, I think that has to factor in, and I understand everybody's in a different area. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. from what I gather from folks, I'm I'm in a pretty lucky spot where I've got places where I can go and. If I'm patient enough, I can find really good deals there. Um, and I know some places people are not in that kind of a place, so you know they've. It's kind of like eBay prices are nothing. Mm-hmm. But I'm not there. You know what I mean? So I I'm not gonna sit and offer eBay prices on something that's fairly common. As you guys have your prices and whatnot, I mean, do you have these like rock solid like oh? You know, price charting says this thing is worth twenty bucks, so it's worth twenty bucks. Nope, that drives me nuts when someone brings up like an eBay sale or something like that. So how so? I mean, what what do you guys think about that? 
Well, when like when I'm when I'm making an offer, I always try to you know do it from the reverse. So like like how would I like to be you know dealt with uh, you know from someone making an offer? So when I make an offer, I you know I look something up, and most times I will sh- I will tell someone why you know my offer is what it is. So um, for instance, I was looking at. Uh, Oh God, I think it was Wild Gunman that I actually didn't end up buying, um, but it was a complete Wild Gunman from uh, a seller. I think it was on Nintendo Age, and um, you know, I had pictures of it and everything, and the condition wasn't great. So uh, I I saw uh, like a, and it's the thing is, it's a title that doesn't come up uh, for sale all that often, uh, uh, complete uh, with the box and everything. So I found a similar uh, condition. It wasn't similar, but it was the the most recent box that was gone, and it was like you know, it sold for like forty five dollars. And I had some condition issues. So I sent him a link to the auction. I said, hey, like, you know, this is the only recent uh, completed auction I could find. It looks like the condition is pretty close, but yours has a tear and that one didn't. So I'm thinking like maybe 35 bucks. And, uh, you know, most of the time uh, the seller, you know, kind of they'll, they'll usually have a response. Something like, OK, well, you know, yeah, I don't really feel like but like I agree. I don't agree. How about 40? You know, it's, it's a negotiation. So yeah. as long as you're as long as you're reasonable, I think most people are cool with that. Um, you know, the, the stuff that when people talk about low ballers, they don't, they don't just mean that you're offering slightly less than what it's worth. I think they're talking about the kids that are out there, like, you know, offering five, 10 bucks for like everything. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like if you, you know, can explain your offer and why you're sending it, even if the, the seller doesn't like your price, it at least keeps the conversation open because they know you're willing to work. Sure. And I mean, I'll send offers on things sometimes that I don't know, maybe some people would consider to be low, but it's what I have to spend. So, I mean, it's like, I I hope they're not getting offended. I'm just letting them know, hey, if you're willing to sell it, this is what I've got to spend and, you know, I'll take it. And if you sell it to somebody else for hire, I mean, good. I'm not mad at you for that. You know, congratulations. I mean, I had another person did that. They were selling a particular game. And I mean, all I had in my play money was in a certain amount. And I just sent an offer. I said, okay, you know, this is what I've got. If you're interested, just let me know. And then, you know, a little bit later, it's like, oh, it's sold for X amount. And I'm yeah. like, well, good for you. I mean, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not upset. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Congrats. I, I, think, I think we've all had that happen where it's, uh, and, I, and same thing, you just don't want to get that. Like we talked before about how online reputation can really, really be a good thing. Like once people kind of like know who you are and then, like, you know, doors start opening, people start recommending you to their friends, like pricing sure. gets easier. So you really just don't want to get that label of like, oh, this guy, you know, doesn't offer, you know, a good amount of money or whatever. But, uh, you know, there's whenever I send an offer that I know is lower than what kind of like the the average is, is like, you know, like I said before, I tell them why, whether it's condition or this or that or whatever. Or I say, listen, uh, or I'll, I'll shoot the offer out and I'll say, you know, I, I, I know it's going, I've seen it go for a little bit more than that. But, you know, that's what this is worth to me if and then you know sometimes you end up closing that deal and sometimes okay well maybe next time i i've had good success with that too and i've also had uh some people where they just you know i'm I'm trying to spend you know a few hundred bucks make it worth their while get a get a few dozen games uh, all at once um so you know i'll 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 make my offer based on completed auctions um and buy it now and etc uh, I'll you know I'll take a little bit off for for spending so much um, buying in bulk um, and sure. condition or whatever and and I I explain that just like Bill was saying um, what I why I think it's a fair offer and I'll literally get them come back with you know a list of eBay links like I want oh, yeah. I want X dollars <laughs> because these all sold for X amount yeah I'm not budging 
Right. It, yeah. And and well and then, and then like what I send back to them is I say okay so take that total amount and now it, it besides like the time it'll take them to do it because that's what you're saving them is their time like just take fifteen percent right off that number because that's what they're going to pay in those fees and yeah. uh, you know so that's the thing with a reasonable person you can usually kind of come to some kind of a arrangement but uh, you know sometimes it's just not going to happen. Well, and I don't know. I mean, I'll be honest. When I get one of those replies, I'm just done. Yeah. Time, I'm like, I, I just don't want to deal with you. I mean, no offense. I'm just, uh, that's why I always tell people, it's like, look, if I wanted to pay eBay prices, I would have already bought it on eBay. Yeah. Such a good question. Now, now you, so you said at that point you're done with them. Now, if you guys are ever to a point where you're finished negotiating, will you ever just not say anything ever again to that person? Or will you at least send no. them a, yeah, I them, think I'm going to walk away from this. Give them the courtesy of a response at least. Yeah. Right. Usually yeah. so. If they're just being particularly jerkish, though, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, even I, if someone's being jerkish, I'll usually shoot them in like, like, I'm done. Usually I do. But I've had a couple of people that have been annoying enough where I'm like, you know, that's okay. I just really, and in the future, I don't want to deal with you again. So I won't. Right. Yeah. Um, if that kind of a person <clears throat> is a mark on my reputation, I'm fine with that. Gotcha. Now, have either of you ever received something um, specifically through a forum um, where you've got like no buyer's protection um, that you haven't been satisfied with and talked to the seller to try and work out something to, to make it right after the fact? You know, I've not had that thing happen to me, but it's been the other way around where I've sold things and somebody, like one time I sold a Super Nintendo and they said, hey, the controller, the D-pad's not very good and I tear them apart. I rebuild them and, and maybe it was. I mean, I test them to make sure they work, but I'm sitting and playing with it for like five hours or something. Um, so I was just like, you know, hey, is it cool if I just send you another one? And it was like, yeah, sure. So and to me, it's like, I'll just send you another one. I'm going to fool with it. And I think it was another time where I don't remember what it was. It was just something that was real minor. And I said, hey, look, can I just, uh, can we just, I'll give you a partial credit back. Are you fine with that? And they were, they were real happy with it. Yeah, I think it, it only takes a, something small like that to, to make things better. Yeah, yeah, I got really positive feedback about it. I mean, I think that's people just want to be treated fairly. Yeah. Um, but have you guys had a thing like that where you bought something and it was kind of, uh? Uh, twice for me, and and the first time, um, yeah, I explained my my why I was unhappy with it to the seller, and I asked him uh, what he thought we could do about it, and he just he came up with a refund that was more generous than I would have wanted. He said, "I'll either take the item back, or you know, I'll give you like thirty bucks back on it," and I was expecting maybe ten. Um, so that was really awesome. Um, but then I had another time where there was a whole bunch of little things wrong and one big thing. And I, I tried to explain them all to the seller and he just immediately called me out and was saying I was, you know, one of those people that always tries to weasel some money out of them after the fact. And like, I, I've been buying for years and I've never had anyone accuse me of anything like that before. So it was kind of, I had to step back. It's, I think that's the only person i've ever bought anything from that i would never deal with again once out of yeah like probably well over 100 now so really small percentage of people like that i found yeah i you know i take it back i did buy um a lot of things from there's a big ebay seller that lives like in the town right next to me um big 
game eBay seller. So I just did a deal. I, I said, hey, you know, I would like to buy some of these, but, you know, can we both save some money if we do it off eBay and I'll just meet and drive into town and pick the stuff up? And they were fine with that. And uh, that was how I got my weird um, Color Dreams game with a Zelda 2 inside of it. <laughs> um, but they were piece of cake. As soon as I sent a message, they were like, no worries. I, you don't, don't even worry about meeting me. I'll just ship it to you. What's your address? Got another copy, and that was it. Awesome. Yeah, it was really good. I was like, yeah, that's wonderful. Thanks. No, I mean, no questions asked. It was just, okay, sure, no problem. That's cool. I've had, believe it or not, I've had some of my best uh, refund experiences have been on eBay um, from, uh, from you know, really good uh, uh, kind of reputable uh, game sellers. And that's, you know, one of the perks with, uh, you know, going with someone with a great reputation. Uh, one time, uh, I, I just... Uh, uh, it was a Sosa Fan Two is the name of the store. S O S A. Yeah, that's actually the guy that lives in the town right next to me. <laughs> is it really? Are you yep. kidding? Yeah, he's, no, I'm not he's one of the biggest uh, retro game sellers. Yeah, yeah, he lives right over close to me. So what had happened was, uh, uh, any any he, he sells uh, lots of um, you know lots of things separate, kind of like really really good way to fill in your holes, like manuals and boxes and carts stuff like that. So yep. I had a whole bunch of carts that I was missing, or sorry, whole bunch of boxes. I was missing some carts, I was missing some manuals. So I made a kind of like one big order, um, maybe like uh, you know three or four carts and like ten manuals or something like that. Uh, and uh, made the order and, you know, you shipped it out right away and I was tracking it for a few days and then it was, you know, we've all had it where like it gets stuck at that one location that's there for a few weeks and it probably fell, you know, between a thing and got thrown out and it's in a trash compactor somewhere and you're never going to see it again. So enough time went by where I said, um, hey, like I know you shipped it, uh, but uh, it looks like it's just stuck in limbo and, uh, uh, you know, so like, and I wasn't expecting anything back. I just w wanted to let them know and see what the thing was. So, um, they happened to have, or he happened to have everything in stock and he just wrapped everything up again and sent it to me again. Yep. That same, same experience I had with him. I mean, so, yeah, he's so, so, a big dealer. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he's got a lot of that stuff in stock all the time. Yeah. And then, so the, the, the reverse direction on the, on a forum, and I won't say who, because it's a, you know, private situation. It's really not that bad, but uh, I made a, a decent sized purchase, like maybe 80, hundred bucks. And it was a, a handful of things that weren't crazy uh, rare, but like, you know, slightly uncommon, like kind of nice little things to have. And uh, like a handful of complete Nintendo games and a couple Sega items. And uh, I just remember kind of getting the box and opening it up and and not being, you know, really upset with the quality, but just having kind of minor issues like, uh, well, you know, for what I was charged, I really don't feel like the, uh, the quality was kind of there. But at the same time, uh, you know, I didn't ask for pictures or anything. I trusted the seller. So that's kind of on me as well. Uh, but then when I contacted them, um, I was kind of like, Hey, I just want to let you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just not super satisfied with the overall quality compared with the price. But, uh, and also one of the manuals in the games was a photocopied manual oh, yeah. and they, and they said like, Oh, like I didn't even know that. I'm sorry. And it's like, okay, yeah, no worries. And you know, we'll just, you know, we'll try to make it work better next time. But, but nothing, you know, really kind of, uh, uh, kind of came of it from that. So, you know, it's, uh. It's uh, you're you're gonna deal with the uh, you're gonna get these situations if you're trading online. So you know the 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 more you can go off a, a seller's reputation, the easier it's gonna be for you. Mm -hmm. Um. So, I mean, let me ask this for you guys. I mean, how much does your relationships with other people play into your pricing? Hugely. How so? Um, I I don't know. It's like uh, if I 
you know, I'm selling a used car to a family member, I'm going to charge them significantly less than, than to a stranger. Um, if I'm selling games to someone that I've dealt with, who's done me good favors in the past, whether it's sales or just, you know, favors on the thread, you're looking for information, they've been able to supply it. I'm definitely willing to give them a discount that I, I don't give just random Joe number three. And what about you, Bill? Yeah, same thing. I mean, we've, uh, uh, I feel like all the, the, well, our, well, cause we're all at RF gen. So that's, that's part of the reason, but I feel like all the, the members who have been there for a while, um, kind of, you know, not only kind of know each other, but have done multiple deals. And I, I, I it's, I, I can't think of any, you know, major member that there hasn't been, you know, at least, uh, like either like a freebie sent over to them or just like, Hey, like uh, kind of like that, not to, you know, talk about that, keep an eye out for me thread, but it's, 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 it's not just because the threads there. It's because, you know, of, of how, you know, you've worked with these people before and that you want to help them out. Uh, and that, uh, you know, and the whole community aspect, but absolutely like, and my sister, I mean, like, I'm not going to charge my sister 40, 50 bucks for Nintendo. I just gave it to her, you know? Sure. So it's, I mean, cause you come, you come across Nintendo every couple of weeks, you know? So right. it's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, uh, again, goes, sounds like a broken record, but I keep going back to, you know, the better the reputation and the better your relationship with that uh, other party, the better it's going to be for you. And I should kind of, I got, I got to rephrase mine just a little bit because um, there have been times where strangers that I've, I've never dealt with or had any dealings with in the past have given me good deals. And I have just, you know, I don't know, felt like in a good mood a couple of weeks later and just kind of paid it forward to someone else. Cause uh, yeah, that I've never dealt with before. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, personally, like I'll know if somebody's particularly looking for something and I run across it, a lot of times I will message that particular person before I ever consider putting it on a thread. And I'll usually get it's like, hey, you know, and I know the price is like this. I'm willing to sell it to you right off because I know you're looking for it for this down here if you're okay with that. And if not, then sure, I'll, I'll put it up for a higher price on my sale thread. But I mean, a lot of times, yeah, I mean, feel like, yeah, that's great. Thanks. I get a message like that like once a week from you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all like shopping. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> sometimes it's fun to shop for other people too. Yep. But yeah, I've done a lot of that. Um, relationships, like we've said, um, that really comes down to it. And, and that's tough sometimes on some of these other sites that are really big. I don't really have those. Um, so a lot of times it's just like, I, you know, I feel kind of cold about it, but it's like, okay, this is the price. Yeah, but that's it. I, I'm like, I don't know. You, I'll probably never deal with you again. Mm -hmm. These sites are so big. When you're talking about condition, right? So you've got to factor in condition when you're selling or buying things. Um, how critical is it? I mean, are you willing to say, okay, I'm going to rate on price, or are you more also of like maybe you know, look, this is the quality I want, and I'm not going to budge on that, and even if that costs me more. You mean so you mean when while buying, or or selling? I mean, if you're going to sell things, are you saying, look, uh, you know, like I've seen, like little Samson is a little Samson, the labels rip, whatever, it still sells for X dollars. Oh, gotcha. Um, I mean, for me, it's uh, uh, a part of it is because I'm not, uh, as as you guys have said before, like I'm not rolling in dough. <laughs> um, I, I, We're it, all as, rich, Bill. Come on now. Yeah, right? we do this show. I mean, come on. Right, yeah. Well, that's that's where mo that's where the that what pays for the house and the cars. But that's where we're uh, balling. Then you got to eat. 
So, um, but yeah, it's a, uh, I mean, there's been a few, you know, decent sized purchases, but you know, it's, I don't have a ton of money. I mean, most of the money that I, uh, you know, spend on collecting is stuff that I pick up and, you know, trade uh, to kind of replenish the PayPal fund. So part of it is because I'm kind of a collector on a pretty tight budget, but I can't be super condition specific, uh, and, you know, and not expect to pay kind of top dollar. So, I'm actually get to the point where I kind of get excited like uh, I kind of get excited when I see something that I really want that's not in fantastic shape but is in is in good shape because I know that I can, you know, get it for a decent price and I'm still not and I'm not going to be embarrassed to have someone look at it in the collection and say, "Oh, did someone sit on that? Like what, what happened to it?" So Man, so what happened uh, to the Spider-Man web of firebox? Man. <laughs> And, and okay, and here that's the other thing is is uh, uh, with being one game away uh, from the 32x set, almost all of the games are really. And I didn't even was I didn't go out saying okay, it's going to be a 32x collection in stunning shape. But I just kind of you know got really lucky and ended up getting a lot of games in really really nice shape. So, and and I got a box upgrade like I said earlier on the uh, on the NFL quarterback club. So now I have no fading. So now it's like. I kind of have to be a little bit more conditioned concerned with my Spider-Man <laughs> because how can Spider-Man be like the worst shape game that I have? <laughs> you can always upgrade later though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's a good point too, especially for, as we start talking to, you know, newer collectors, um, you know, don't be afraid to grab that, you know, like a, a nice item that's not maybe in the best shape because, you know, it, there's so many cases where people say, especially like on Craigslist or eBay, oh, once in a lifetime. Yeah, whatever. D- deal of the century. and really it's, it's, Yeah, and really it's more <laughs> like deal of the month. Or like, oh, you won't see another one of these this week. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, you're going to see it again. As as awesome as it is, and there's, there's exceptions, of course, but as awesome as whatever you're looking at is, you're probably going to see it again. So if you if you can get anything for a good price that you know you can, you know, uh, you know kind of move it for later don't be afraid to grab something and upgrade later so what about you Krabby? i mean when you're when you're pricing your stuff i mean how much do you take in to consideration your uh, when i'm selling things i think i'm a little more critical than when i'm buying things because i know there's some collectors out there that are extremely picky when it comes to condition so mm-hmm. i make sure to describe every every little flaw that i can find in it and i I think I take a good chunk of the value out of my pricing uh, accordingly um, to, to reflect that. But when I'm buying, um, it depends on the item. If it's something that I can find any day of the week and it's pretty beat up, I I won't get it unless it's dirt cheap. And if it's something that I'm spending like over 50 bucks on, um, I'm going to make sure it's pristine. I don't want a placeholder. Um, so if I'm buying like my Flintstone Surprise of Dinosaur Peak and I'm paying what everyone else pays for it, I'm going to make sure there's no rental stickers on that, no writing, nothing. Hmm. Okay. So, and, and I will like pay it, accordingly, I, whether that, that might be 20 bucks more than the last one sold to get it in that condition. Then I'm, I, I feel it's worth it. You said you were kind of critical then you run stuff. Do you think sometimes you're maybe overly critical and you, you kneecap yourself? Um, I probably have before, but I'd rather people know what they're getting and be happy with it than, uh, you know, make that extra two bucks that I would have made. I think that's a great attitude to have. Um, I try to stick with some of that myself because 
you know, that's a, that's a few extra dollars are not going to pay off in the long run, right? Yeah. Kind of when we get back to what Bill's talking about, like with that, oh man, the last game or whatnot, <laughs> how much does that factor in with pricing? I mean, you're going it's, out it's, maybe to it's buy. It's definitely a factor. Yeah, it's definitely a factor. Just the fact that you, you're, you're one away, you know, because it's... Uh, when there's when there's 15 games left and you see a Spider-Man on sale for you know 300 bucks, you're like, whatever. Like you know, I I will see another one at some point for less than that. Uh, and then when you're down to the last game and it's the only thing that you've you know you're searching for, like on a because like at this point I'm not searching for you know 32x anymore. I'm searching for like just that one game. So yeah. it definitely makes a difference. I mean, imagine when, imagine when you have one super when you have one uh, Nintendo game left. Well, when I'm down to seven, so I yeah. really understand. <laughs> so, so I mean, just, just, I mean, because so right now, if you went on and if you went on eBay or a forum, or whatever, what's the what's the cash money out of your pocket price right now for Little Samson? You know, if somebody gave, offered me one for three hundred bucks, I'd lose three hundred dollars. I mean, there it would go. be in so, a heartbeat. Okay, so so here's the next question: It's on sale right now for three hundred and seventy-five dollars. Do there's you buy? No it? way. No, <laughs> I can't. But that's just it. I can't. You know what I mean? Kind of what you talked about before. Uh, I'm not made out of money. I've got I've got a wife and kids, so I've got play money. So to be able to have the money to buy something like that, I've got to do enough deals to earn that much play money. Gotcha. So um, so do you so you don't sell something uh, in your non NES collection to make a quick eighty bucks that you know? Because let's say you have like uh, I don't know couple of systems or a couple like you know uncommon games that are not nintendo that you know you can find over the next year or so you wouldn't sell those for a quick 80 and just pay the 380 to have the last game i think i would go the other way i would say look i know i'm not going to find it for 300 so i'll start doing those sales on those hard to part with items get the money and then i'm ready to go because trust me 375 or whatever is not going to be hard to find right at least at least at the moment yeah. <laughs> I don't know, next week, who knows? But, you know, do I have $300 of play money right now? No, but yeah. if somebody gave me that deal, yeah, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to shuffle and make the cash. But if somebody's just, oh, maybe I'm going to knock a few bucks off whatever it normally, that's okay, because it'll still be there next week or next month. Yeah. I don't know, but, but again, to me, this is a hobby, and I also have to take the long view. I've been doing this a long time, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. I didn't get here. That, that's overnight. a good point. I, I I think of that too. Like I every like you know the few times a, a Spider Man has come up, I'm like, oh, I'm so close and it's right there. But then I think long term and I think, you know what? I've been doing this for a year and I'm one game away. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm it's gonna I'm gonna have it at some point. So it it and I also can recognize and that's another going back to like the actual topic and pricing and trading. One of the tools that price charting has is like a stock market type of line graph uh, that'll show you the completed prices. Yeah. Now, in most cases, the price is going steadily up. Um, but what's interesting is when you start looking at some of the older systems like Atari, uh, the 2600 in particular, oh, yeah. a, a lot of the games that spiked, you see them starting to come back down. So you kind of have that bubble of the people who you know, loved Atari when they were kids, and then they kind of reach that age where they have some disposable income. They buy some of the old, you know, great games they used to love, 
And then that generation kind of, as they get older and the interest starts to dwindling, the prices kind of go down a little bit. So there's a there's a big group of people who think Nintendo's on a bubble right now. And if you wait a, a little bit, I mean, there's always going to be the big, huge titles that will demand lots of dollars. But a lot of people think a lot of those big games are going to come down in the next uh, you know five years or so. I think we've mentioned it before on the show, Krabby and I, as we've talked. And uh, I would agree. there. I think there are some things that are definitely on a bubble. Um, now, how long is it going to take the bubble to pop? I'm probably guessing on an order of years. Yeah. Um, you know, probably somewhere within five to ten, it's going to it's going to do the same thing Atari did, and you're going to see. I mean, Super Nintendo's already cruising up there, and then Nintendo 64 is starting to cruise up there, and oh, yeah. those those will each do the same thing, and then mm. it's going to be PlayStation, and then it's going to be, I mean, that's it because you're dealing with just like you said, it's the nostalgia factor. People are grown. They got jobs. They've got disposable income. Hey, I want to go relive my childhood. Now, because because Nintendo's still quite relevant, though, um, do you think it'll it'll follow that same pattern that Atari did, or will it just take longer for it to reach that point? Yeah, I, I feel like of all the major manufacturers, Nintendo, uh, particularly the NES, I feel like will hold its value longer compared to other uh, uh, consoles. So it'll still drop. It'll just take an extra, you know, decade or so. Yeah, I think so. Here's what I look at, though. If you're doing this for investment purposes, <laughs> you've made a bad decision. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is not an investment. This is a nope. hobby. Yep. yep. If you're in this for the money, then you're making quick deals and don't hold on to your stock. Yeah. You like flip, flip stuff, em- like buy stuff at good prices, flip it yes. immediately. Yes, or within a month or two because yep. you don't know what's coming. I don't see this ending anytime very soon, but look, this collectibles just in general are just not a very good investment choice no talk talk to to the people who had you know uh tons of like baseball cards 20 years ago yeah and they were you know what's that comic books too oh absolutely i mean everything everything in that collectible market that was huge 15 years ago is just it's not even it's not big anymore it's almost almost irrelevant and and that's going to happen in this yeah. market. I mean, whether you want to believe that or not, that's your choice. But it will happen because eventually people are going to get too old and they're not going to care. They're going to have other things that they need to do with their money, like take care of their health yeah. <laughs> or retire. Yeah. And, and they're and going to say, look, I don't need this stuff anymore. And then there's going to be a glut. And that's what's going to cause yeah. the, the prices to go back down. And, and another thing, not to get, you know, say too far off topic, but I feel like once people co- like complete that collection... I, and you know, they, and they've enjoyed it for as long as they as they you know care to. I feel like they don't. They might not feel as uh, kind of like you know sad about uh, you know selling off the collection because like you know what, I, I set out to do something, I accomplished it, I enjoyed this collection for a long time. I'm gonna get it in someone else's hands, and I'm gonna be happy with that. I think that's a good outlook. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I'm I know just myself. I'm in it for the long haul. This I love this hobby. I've loved it my entire life, um, and I'll see that changing. If you're just doing it for nostalgia, that's great too. Buy some games that are affordable and enjoy them. Don't kill yourself going after these crazy ones. You know, it's just not a good investment choice, if you ask me. Right? Yeah, I agree. So when we talk about trading, um, when you're looking to trade items with somebody, how much does actual value versus value come into the picture? Um, oh, you mean you mean uh, when trading things of, uh, of of differing values? Yeah, I mean, do you have to say, all right, look, my item 
on price charting is $100 and what you're wanting to trade me is $80. So you need to come up with that trade plus 20 bucks. Uh, I mean, it, I've, I've definitely had offers that have kind of gone that way. More often than not, though, uh, I'll have a lot of common things in my sale thread and I'm going after like an uncommon thing and a, a very uh, a common thing you'll see in, uh, in in threads if someone has something that's of, uh, you know, higher rarity, like uh, say they have like a uh, like a boxed uh, stack up for NES they'll they'll say in there you know like like 300 out 350 or 500 like whatever they're selling it for or uh uh like an an item of equivalent rarity in trade so and what you'll see a lot is like you know you can't like you know they don't want like 20 or 30 carts for like common carts for one rare item mm -hmm. you know like they're going to want like that uh uh you know clay fighter sculptor's cut for the stack up you know, or or something of equal rarity um i have had people uh you know it's weird because I don't do as many as many trades as I'm, I'm mostly just you know flip stuff uh, and then use the PayPal money to make purchases. Um, but there, uh, I have done a few trades where it's like uh, like the dollars are really close and they're like maybe four bucks off. And if it was me being proposed a trade to, I'd say okay, it's close enough. Let's just ship it. And the person's like, okay, like, can you gift me the three dollars and eighty six cents? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and and I'll do it. Like whatever. I got three bucks to spend, but I'm like. It, it's it's just kind of it's it's not off-putting to the point where I wouldn't deal with them again, but it's enough to make you go like that's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of I mean sometimes the big parts I'll get into more is when it's like okay we're doing a trade, but the thing I'm shipping is really heavy. <laughs> the thing you're shipping is not. So can oh yeah, you, can you help me out a little bit with a few bucks? Just cover that shipping difference that I've got to I've got to eat. Yeah, I mean, on I've had that happen a few times where I'll work the, you know, like if if I'm if I'm sending like you know a five pound package and I know that they're sending like one item, then like I'll kind of work that in, like and I'll you kind of kind of guesstimate. Yeah. So if you have like a zip code or whatever, I'm like, listen, you know, I'm uh, you know, it's gonna cost me about ten bucks in shipping. So there's this and that, and you know, th again, there's nothing wrong with kind of like you know throwing that in the offer sheet and seeing what happens. But uh, it, it is weird because a lot of the first few times I did that. If you don't if you don't figure that in, it's like crap. Like that cost me like fifteen dollars <laughs> more than it should have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most, well, what about you, Kirby? What do you think? Most of the time when I'm I'm doing trades, it's it's common or uncommon things for for stuff of the same rarity. So you know, if I'm getting three new games I want and they're getting four or five, you know, close enough, we're in the ballpark. I'm happy get to get new stuff. I'm happy to they're getting new stuff. But I did do one quite interesting trade a couple years back. Um, with Ghost Soldier on RF Gen, where I had a, a card-only copy of Chiller that I had in my, my sale thread. I was trying to sell it for a while, and he, he really wanted it for his NES collection, and he's like, would you take something like Earthbound for it? And so rarity, these two are way off, and value, mm -hmm. they're way off. But I was, right. you know, so I'm getting, like, at the time, it was like a 70 or $80 cart for something that sold for 30 bucks online. Mm -hmm. But the chances of finding another chiller are very unlikely. Whereas, you know, he might find another earthbound a couple of weeks later. It's pretty common. Sure. So that was, that was kind of a cool trade we did. Cause you know, there was a $50 price disparency, but uh, value wise, we both felt happy with the trade in the end. Yeah. You, you both got what you wanted. Yeah. And I think that's important sometimes is it's not always just the the nickels and dimes and dollars and cents. It's, Hey, I really want this thing. You really want this thing. Yep. Then that's a good trade. Yeah. 
exactly. also with uh, uh, with people who I've done business before with and like what I got it for has a lot to do with that as well. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So so and we we've talked about it uh, I think on the show and off air. But you know if I get something for you know five like Duke he's done it for me like he's bought complete games uh, at a local store for five or ten bucks and he's like yeah just give me the five or ten bucks plus shipping so. He that's just that's, you know, one of the one of the perks of, uh, you know, having a, a community of cool people. So if I get something like if I found like a like a Panzer Dragoon for like, you know, 20 bucks at a flea market, I know several people who'd be interested in it. And I'd probably shoot them PMs uh, uh, and say, listen, uh, you know, like. 40 bucks just like you know i'll hook you up with it so okay bill you're crazy and i'll take three um <laughs> well i haven't come across one yet i i uh i had a friend who uh was trying to sell his uh, a while back but uh but yeah but you I mean you get my point like uh yeah. that was kind of a, a big example but yeah I, will, I mean i will do that i will take i mean i'm not gonna go that great i mean you know, if i get something really good deal and it's a very rare item i need to make a little out of it but i'm still gonna give you a heck of a deal compared right. to what you would pay for it um and I, I don't know. I think that's pretty fair. If you, honestly, Bill, if you came to me and said, "Hey, I'm going to sell you a Panda Dragoon sell you for forty bucks," I would go, "Bill, you're dumb. Don't do that." Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I meant forty bucks per disc. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There you go. Um, you know, I would honestly just have to tell you, man, that's not a good idea. How about this instead? Um, but then again, I know you. Maybe if a random person did that, yeah. go, thanks for the Panda yeah, Dragoon saga. Yeah, sounds good. I've told you. I told you before about the. Uh, the, I missed the Craigslist. Uh, uh, I think it was 120 bucks, and it was a Saturn. I think like 15 or 20 complete games, including uh, Saga. Uh, and uh, I I missed it by like uh, maybe like 20 minutes or something. And then another Saturn lot came up the next day for the same price, so it was still <laughs> good. But it had every the every the exact same stuff, just without Panzer Dragoon. So <laughs> yeah, I went to meet the, the guy. Kid. Yeah, I just flipped yep. it. I went to meet him. I was like, "You bought this yesterday, right?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Oh, you're the guy." So he ended up being a nice guy, and we we did a couple more trades <laughs> after that. But uh, yeah, as uh, opportunities lost, right, right place, right time. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes. Um, yeah, I think that's really a good setup for a trade. I mean, I've got a couple trades I'm working with right now with a couple people um, over on RFGen and. You know, when we start going around value, you kind of, I do, I have to like, okay, well, this is kind of what this is worth and this is, but I don't get hung up too much on that. It's more like, hey, this is kind of what I want. You look at my stuff, tell me if there's stuff you want, and then if you're happy, I'm happy, you know, as long as it's not like crazy off, um, you know, because it's some of these things I did get a really good deal on. So, I mean, I'm not as concerned about, man, eBay says it's X. Yeah, I mean, I'm concerned I, when, about that's the reason I got this stuff is trade fodder. You know what yeah, I mean? when I when I first started, I, I kind of you know just trying to make sure everything was fair. I was kind of like making uh, like spreadsheets and with dollar values and stuff. And then oh, after yeah. after like a couple of like uh, tries like that, I was like, you know what? I'm getting five or six things. You're getting five or six things. They weigh about the same. Let's just do this. You know? Yeah. And it's yeah. Just, Does it feel good? Are you both happy? That's the important part, right? Yeah. It's it's like if if someone says to me, "Would you trade this for this?" I feel like I should have an answer for that. I, my answer shouldn't be, well, let me check their current values, you know, <laughs> yeah. because it's yep. because it's like, well, do you feel like you're getting a good deal? Yeah, I feel good about this. Pull the trigger. And a lot of times I get that actually in the other direction. So um, I'll like put, you know, like I'll spend some time. I go, hey, I saw this on your thing. Look at my list. Let me know if there's anything you're interested in. And I'll get me back. Well, here's things I'm interested in. I don't know the exact pricing. Can you give me an idea? And I'm thinking are you interested in it? <laughs> it's just like, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm going to let you know if I think you're way out of bounds, but. 
and and a lot of times too like if if uh if uh i'm interested in like uh say like maybe like a whole bunch of stuff and then maybe they want like just like one or two things off my thread then you have to find like that that's what you're talking about before where you have like okay there's trade plus dollars yeah so that's where it gets uh, uh you know where you have to start kind of counting the the dollars a little bit but but still it's like uh when someone says okay i want this this and this what what would you what's your value on those same thing like you kind of look at completed auctions i knock a little bit of money off i consider you know how good of a price they're giving me on their thing and then you know you just make a fair offer sure I know some people when they're checking completed auctions, um, they take like auctions as king and ignore buy it now prices. Do you guys uh, care even about that? Uh, it's I mean I I I typically uh, it, it's a good point because when you look at completed auctions, uh, I typically don't look at like the average of completed auctions. I look at the lowest completed auction of of similar quality mm-hmm. because like to me that is the pr- like so that's just proved to me if i am patient enough even on ebay that's what i can get it for so if there's like a panzer dragoon for if this is what i was looking at pricing for a few mo- a months back uh panzer dragoon there was a few for 180 and there was a few for like you know uh like 320 so you know there's uh you know there's people saying like okay like like offer like asking 350 or 374 and it's like yeah but if you're patient and if you're lucky, you can get it for less than 200 bucks. So for me, I, I tend to go on the lower side of the scale, mm-hmm. um, but that's just the way I look at it. Because to me, when I see buy it nows, I'm, unless I'm totally off, buy it nows are just there for people that have no patience and they're always going to overpay. Am I right? That that's yeah. I think that was what he was alluding to is mm-hmm. because the buy it nows are typically higher than you oh, know yeah. where the auctions are at. So if if somebody you know just says screw it, I want to get it right now, and uh, you know that's what I'm willing to pay for it. You, yeah, then awesome. So you don't factor factor that kind of pricing into your equations when there's enough price points that you can do both. I would not personally. I wouldn't because to me that's the look. I'm trying to take advantage of a situation where there's impulse buys. Right. Um, yeah. And I'm not trying to say that in a mean way. I mean, I don't yeah. think there's a problem with that. I also I also get really nervous about uh, whenever there's something that has many completed auctions and then has one or two completed buy it nows for a much higher dollar <laughs> amount. I get really nervous about shill bidders. Yeah. Could be too. Um, yeah. Now, what do you think um, using the, the buy it now as a gauge on more one-of-a-kind items or items that only come up one or two times a year um, when people put you know they put they want ten thousand dollars they know it's not going to sell for that but they put the best offer in there so that you know they can wait for that huge offer to come in well that yeah that's exactly what that's all about is just that's i'm going to put a ridiculous price point in case you're an idiot (laughs) but really i'm the the message there is i'm fishing for high offers right right? And I think most of those people, they say right in there, like, hey, I know I'm not going to get a hundred grand. It was just an attention getter. Like, you know, give me a reasonable offer and we'll talk. Sure. Well, it was like so, whatever, like that Zelda proto cart, right? Yeah. And I think he ended up with what, 55,000 for that one? Yeah. And then he put like his listing was like 300,000 or something crazy. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, that was his buy it now with something just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but that was the whole idea. I think really it started out, I could be wrong, but kind of reading Tom's stuff, it sounded like he was really just kind of doing it for fun. Yeah, but then actually got that oh my gosh offer. Yeah. Um, so you never know. I mean, if you got something rare enough, 
Um, and that's it. In the world, there are a lot of people that have a whole lot more money than I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they can do that. They can they can say, okay, I'll buy a game for fifty five k, and I don't care. That's never going to be me, and I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, I don't give much weight to buy it now. So, I mean, that's just me. And definitely, I hate what I hate so much is the. Well, you know, on eBay, it's going for uh, and it's always the buy it now price people are quoting. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, just go away. I know, you know, I think I was talking about this before we started recording earlier, but like, I keep that, and I've mentioned before, I keep that Craigslist ad out there all the time. And a lot of times, you know, like I just got one today and they're, oh, I've got this, you know, I got a regular Nintendo and we got like five games for it. What would you offer me? I said, well, you know, I'd offer you like 20 bucks. I mean, I don't know what the games are. I have no idea what any condition of anything is. But, you know, sight unseen, I'll give you 20 bucks. And they come back, well, these are going for like 50 or 60 bucks on eBay. <laughs> so, I, And I, I just wrote a nice little message back. I said, good luck on your sale. And then I just did the, you know, if I was looking to buy eBay prices, I would shop on eBay. And then I put Bill's little winky face in. <laughs> um, but that's it. I mean, that's people have to understand if I, if eBay pricing is what you're asking for, then I don't need to deal with you. I'll just go click buy it now. I don't need to message you back and forth. <laughs> I don't. There's that's why it's there because it's no hassle. Click a button, it shows up at your house. Yeah. So to me, don't ever go. Well, there's a buy it now. I don't care. All right. If you want that, fine. Go put it on eBay with a buy it now and wait. I'm telling you, this is what I've got right now. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I take a hard look at that. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the way I feel about it anyway. And I have no issue at all if that's what you want to do. Um, I'm not upset with you about that. It's just I don't want to deal with that personally. When you guys do that with your, your selling of items, I mean, how do you guys balance your pricing versus how long you really want to sit on the stuff? Uh, for me, it has a lot to do with, uh, with like how much actual space I have available. Um, I've got a, a you know several bookcases that my collection's in, and then kind of like one main one major section of it is kind of the for sale stuff. So uh, as that you know fills up, and then especially as I get more and more hardware, and you kind of take that uh, the the shadow uh, approach of uh, picking up uh, priority uh, mail flat rate boxes uh, because they're free and you can store uh, systems easily in them. Um, I say shadow, but I think I'll, I think all of us do that. Uh, you know, Good once I, Sam. yeah, well, once I start getting like, you know, like a small, uh, post office going in my basement, that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of when the pricing gets a little, a little less, uh, or sorry, a little more aggressive as far as like, you know, uh, I'll, I'll never resort to like, you know, like, uh, like a fire sale kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like that. I mean, I, I, I think I did something similar to that once. Like, like I need to move this stuff. Uh, like I really need to move this stuff this week or whatever. And that's when you're inviting lowball offers at that point. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, and then I didn't realize that. And then someone said, "Oh, how about ten bucks for like these like eight things that I have marked at like five bucks each?" And I yeah. was like, "Yeah, I don't know if you saw like I had them listed at five dollars each." And they were like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Like I thought I thought you had to move it like right away, so I just made an offer." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that, that's my fault. It's my first time, you know, with that wording. I'll I'll make sure I'm more careful." So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I never get to the point where it's like, okay. Everything must go, any offer taken type deal. But uh, for, for me, it, it's a, it, a lot of it's based on how much room I have to have it at my house because I just don't want to be overrun with boxes and extra stuff. 
Um, usually I sell things in like waves where I, I don't sell very often. Um, so when I do, I kind of want everything out the door once. I want to deal with it as quick as I can. So I tend to price things a little on the lower end. And if I've got, you know, just a bunch of random stuff that's not overly desirable or maybe the condition's not great that have just been there for a while, I will do one of those fire sales. You know, like I could probably sell it on eBay for 40 bucks altogether, but I'll say, you know, first 15 gets it. And, and I usually just move it out quick so I don't have to sell anything anymore for a while. Um, the only really exception to that is something that I, that I know I can sell for a reasonable price. I I might sit on for a little longer, but usually I just want to get things out of here. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised I haven't been able to move my, uh, I got an Alex Kidd and Shinobi world. Um, that's been sitting for, uh, you know, a good, like over a month now. And I saw someone else on Sega age. sell theirs uh, in not quite as nice uh, quality as mine sell theirs right away. So, uh, maybe got to bump that thread a little more often. <laughs> Well, Bill, I also know maybe somebody that does a, a podcast with you that would probably love to trade. <laughs> that doesn't really have much in the kitty, but would like to trade. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't have any of those uh, Famicom disc systems yet. <laughs> I don't have an extra one either. <laughs> I can point you to where you can get one affordably. A uh, three-way trade. I see what you're doing. <laughs> you give him this, he gives me this. Everyone's happy. Yeah, I don't know. No one's happy in those kind of deals. <laughs> um, you know, for me. I'll be honest, I kind of enjoy some of the selling stuff, so I'm never in a big hurry to move things. I mean, at a ridiculous price, I I don't mind. It's kind of a fun thing to mess around with, as long as it doesn't get to be, like, silly. Um, I kind of like to pretend to play shop sometimes, and it can be profitable and kind of fun. So I don't, I don't really do fire sales very often. Now, we, we just kind of mentioned low ballers, right? So... Um, Man, what do you think about low ballers? They they don't really bug me because if you know if someone shoots you a super low offer like uh, I mean Craigslist is kind of like where they live. Um, I, yeah. I feel like for for the most part I, I um, live there too. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing is you know when you send and everyone does like you know me I wouldn't send a low ball offer to somebody on RF or Nintendo no. Age or any of my regular sites, but you know on Craigslist someone posts uh, and that's the thing is if they list it at one hundred and twenty bucks. I'm not just going to send them an email that says 15. No. Okay, cuz that cuz that's what lowballers do. They have there's no there's no words. There's just they just speak in numbers. Yeah. So if yeah. someone lists something at 120 bucks, if it's a really, you know, if it's a, a an item that I really want but the price is a little bit off, I'll same thing I'll do on a forum. I'll say, "Hey, I saw your thing. I saw that it's going for this. This is why I think it's worth 80. Um if you think we can work together, I can bring cash tonight." And then you're either going to get you know a reasonable person who's going to be cool with that, or, or you're going to get links to five eBay auctions. Um, so uh, like for to me, lowballers don't bug me because um, I they're very easy to ignore. Uh, but uh, it's it is unfortunate when you get far enough in like the process that uh, like they're, they're like I don't know like if if it's it's tricky like when pricing doesn't come up at the beginning of a of a conversation and then you get far enough into the conversation where it's like okay well uh what do you think about this and it's like oh well and then you realize who you're dealing with so <laughs> poppycock <laughs> <laughs> is 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 that what is that what your quarters are called up there <laughs> Uh, okay. Do you have two poppycocks for a nickel? <laughs> as a as a buyer, do you guys ever think there's a you know time and a place to be a low baller yourself? 
Um, I kind of like what we talked about before with Craigslist. I do because to me, I view Craigslist like a giant yard sale. You know what I mean? Yep. And I, that's why I put my thing out there and I, I look, look, I make cash offers. I'll come to you and I'll buy. And I hope that sends the message that, hey, look, I'm looking to buy in big lots at cash money walkaway prices. Within a couple in of days. Sense, in, in essence, I'm going to lowball. But I mean, I'm telling people that right up front. I'm not hiding it. Yeah, I also, it's funny you mention that because I think the appropriate time to lowball is at a yard sale, garage sale, or flea market. Oh, certainly. Um, I mean, sometimes there's vendors and they kind of are asking, you know, kind of uh, up there. But uh, I mean, and especially if it's late in the day. Uh, because if it's, if it's something, you know, it's, it's rare that I ever find something at a, at a, you know, decent at a garage or tag sale that's, uh, you know, past, you know, you know, eight or nine in the morning. Cause there's as weird as it is, like there's no, I, it's hard for me to sell stuff on Craigslist, even when I, you know, make the prices pretty good, but somehow there's this like group of people that I've never seen. I just heard about that make it to every one of these sales before <laughs> they start. And I, and I'm, I'm not the guy who, you know, Crab, you talked about your yard sales or garage sales, but I'm not the guy who gets there 30 minutes before the thing opens and like begs the person to like buy their stuff and gets a really good deal. Like I, I show up at the time they say it's going to start or a little bit later. And there's a handful of times when it's like, hey, you said you had Nintendo games on the ad. Oh, there was a guy waiting here at seven in the morning and I just sold them to him to yep. get rid of them. <laughs> so, um, but, but that's the thing is uh, uh, if I go to a garage sale or tax sale and it's like four in the afternoon and they have uh, like a Nintendo and a bunch of games sitting there for like 40 bucks. It's like, it's four in the afternoon. That thing's not going to sell. I'd say, listen, I'll give you 20 bucks for it right now. I mean, that's, I feel like that's an appropriate time because people are trying to unload their stuff. Yeah. I, I love the end of the days at yard sales because, uh, yeah, they just want, they don't want to take things back in the house if they don't have to. Yeah. Very similar to um, retailers at the end of most conventions because they, they bring as much stock as they can to the convention. Mm-hmm. And they would rather sell it to you at a discount than have to pack it back, it back up and bring it home with them. So if you've uh, not been to PAX or you know Gen Con or any of those things, uh, don't buy anything till the last day if you're looking for a deal. I would agree with that. When I went to CGE, I mean, don't get me wrong, I bought the stuff I really wanted up front. But oh yeah, I mean, a lot, and a lot of the popular stuff sells out first day, so you got to be careful with that. Yeah, but as I'm walking out the door and they're like, "Okay, thanks, folks, show's over," and they're trying to boot people out the door, I'm going to the tables <laughs> and I'm going like, "Hey, what kind of deal can you get me on this? Look, this is the only money I've got in my pocket. Will you take it?" And half the time they'll say, "Yeah." Now, is it legit the only money you got in your pocket, or are you playing a joke? In that particular case, it was literally all the money I had because I wanted a copy of Wario for Virtual Boy, and they had a boxed one. And really, the only money I had was basically one for like a loose copy. I didn't, and I'm like, look, this is all I've got. I mean, seriously, this show is closing. Everybody's walking out the door. I can't buy anything else. This is all I've got. Will you take it? And they took it. Nice. Now, I, so, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Moving to the online area. Um, I know you've done some of the, the low ball auctions at a uh, cheap ass <laughs> gamer. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you can tell us about those. Now I really like those because they are low balls. They're designed for that. Um, so what they'll, people will do is they'll just get, look, here's this stuff. And um, that's it. They're just low balls. There's like no floor for starting bids. I mean, people can start at a penny or whatever. And whoever wins, wins. I mean, that's just, you know, if 
if it's only going for 50 cents, congrats, you got it for 50 cents. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're really kind of this free for all um, open auction that's just whatever goes, goes, and that's it. So I really like those because the sellers know they're low balls, the buyers know they are, and nobody is offended at the end of the day. It's just, they want the stuff gone. I've got some money. Let's do it. Yep. So I would encourage you. And usually it's more like modern game stuff. And usually it's not real popular stuff. And it might even be like odds and ends. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. a controller for this or this oddball manual for this Xbox game or whatever. But who cares? You know, you throw whatever Find on it. Find the right and... orphan you need to complete something for cheap. Sure. And if you get a great deal, congrats. I mean, everybody's happy for you. But they run them pretty regularly. A lot of people do low balls over there. So if you've not tried them out, I'd encourage it. They're fun. Um, because you don't have a lot of money tied up in things, and it's just kind of fun to play around and see what you can get. Have you guys ever done low balls? You mean specifically the cheap ass gamer auctions? Yeah, I have not. It's uh, we we've talked about the site before, and I still have yet to kind of. I've been lurking a little bit, but I haven't really participated in anything going on over there yet. About the same. Tag's a lot of fun. I've I've been lurking over there for years, but I I haven't really uh, involved myself too much. Yeah, CAG's a lot of fun. If you're into modern gaming, um, really fantastic deals. And and that's just that everybody knows when the site is called Cheap Ass Gamer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody understands what's going on. These people are here to get things for the absolute lowest prices. And a lot of what they have is, you know, uh, more power to them, is a lot of people are looking for ways that they can take things, buy it at a certain price, and then flip it for like Amazon credit instantly. Mm -hmm. and they make good money doing it that way. Um, so, again, more power to them. It's definitely a way to, you know, some people might say that's gaming the system, but these businesses set their own prices. Nobody's taking advantage of them. Yeah. Uh, to segue there, um, what are your thoughts on selling something to someone that you know is going to resell it or flip it right after? I generally just don't deal with resellers. Um, I've had people um, that will send me messages, and they've always surprisingly been really nice about it. Um, but they'll send me messages like, hey, look, usually they're real up front. I'm looking for resale. Is there any kind of deal you would cut me at resale or prices? And, you know, usually my answer is no. But <laughs> I've never been, they've never been jerks about it. They've been really very upfront with me, like, hey, I'll clean you out, but it's going to be at resale prices. Right. And that, that's just mostly because you're not in a hurry. You you're kind of like acting like the reseller yourself because you don't like to. You'll you'll wait to sell things for price you're happy with, right? Yeah, or trade. Yeah, I mean that's a big thing for me too. It's like I'm not in a hurry to sell it because eventually I might it might be really great to trade with somebody, and I get a lot of good stuff through trades. So it's not all about money necessarily, um, and a lot of resellers may not care about the hobby at all. They're just looking to make money, and and that's fine. I don't have any issue with that, but. I mean, I enjoy the hobby. So you'd have no problem with them buying your stuff for the price you're asking, though? You, no, you wouldn't charge them 10% more or anything goofy like that? No. Um, actually, I had a business contact me a while back and asked kind of what my pr best price would be, like on a big lot of things, and I gave them my price. And um, I haven't heard back. It was like some little record shop somewhere. And, um, you know, if they get back with me, great. But they thought it was reasonable enough and you know maybe to them it is and they could still mark it up where they were at and make a profit i'm fine with that 
I don't, I don't see that there's anything wrong with doing it. It's just I'm not going to cut my throat to make you money. Now, I haven't run into this a lot because flea markets are non-existent up here. But I've heard of uh, quite a few like horror stories on forums where people go to buy a game and the vendor at the flea market assumes the person they're selling it to is a reseller. So oh, they refuse yeah. to sell them the item at the price that they would sell it to anyone else at. Now, that confuses me quite a bit. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I've I've heard the same thing. I haven't seen it happen. I have had a few people at the local flea market ask if I'm a reseller, either when I like look at my phone to check it against my collection, or like a, like a long time ago when I had my binder with me. Um, I have had a few people, uh, you know, question that. But uh, you know, anyone who 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 questions that, I, I show them my binder, say, hey, it's you know, it's my collecting checklist. You know, they're for me. Don't worry about it. Or the uh, you know, or on the app, I'll show them the same thing. It does make me a little bit worried about how many people saw that and didn't say anything to me. So you know, I, I don't know if if that changed their outlook on selling to me. But yeah, I mean, if they have it marked at a price, and if I'm willing to pay that price, same as anybody else, I can't imagine why they just not want to sell to me just because they think I'm going to resell. So are you more careful pulling out your phone until after you've asked them about prices now? Uh, honestly, what I'll do is if I walk by something that's uh, that that I think I might be interested in, but you know it's it's I, it's not really like super rare or anything, and I'm not sure on price or you know anything not in my collection or anything. For pretty much for whatever reason, if I have to check my phone, I will walk away from that seller, like two okay. or three sellers down, until I know I'm out of eyesight. And then I'll take my phone out and I'll do the lookup that I got to do. And if it's, you know, if there's any reason I got to go back to them, phone goes away. I go back to the seller, do my business. So I, I try to avoid them seeing me with the phone just because of that conception that they might have. Um, yeah, I've never, I've been asked at flea markets and stuff if I was a reseller. Um, but I've never had anybody that like, tried to like oh i'm gonna try to get you because you're in the same <laughs> business i'm in um I, you know that's i tell them no i mean i'm a collector and it's kind of what i'm after now does that mean i don't buy things to resell well, yeah i sure i do sometimes if it's a good deal but um i'm not dictating to you what your prices are you're telling me i mean now a lot of times I like flea markets because it's all about haggling. And, you know, a lot of times nothing is marked. <laughs> it's just you're gonna ask, and you have some of those vendors that are gonna tell you that whatever you picked up, boy, that's the rare one that's worth a bunch of money just because you picked it up <laughs> yeah. first. Um, like but then you have other Zelda ones just cartridge. like they don't make those. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> or it's whatever you're interested in is magically the expensive one. Um, but you know, I have a lot of the ones that are like they just they'll have games mixed in with a bunch of other stuff, and they're not an expert on that, and they don't want to sit on it. They came there to sell it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and those are the ones I appreciate dealing with. It's like you know we're in the same thing. You're looking to get rid of stuff. I'm looking to buy stuff. Let's work a price. Mm -hmm. um, I don't understand. I mean, I say I feel the same way though. If somebody wants to pay my price, I don't care what you do with it afterwards. <laughs> you know, you can take it and burn it for all I care. I mean, I would wish you didn't, but it's not mine anymore. I don't have right. control over what, what happens with it. Mm -hmm. So, Kravit, do you ever deal? Is there any kind of resellers in your area or anything? Um, no, there's there's really nothing up here. There's, uh, you know, the pawn shops, the consignment shop that they deal with games, um, but they, they don't deal exclusively with games, and most of the owners aren't 
gamers themselves with maybe one exception. Luckily, that one exception is a, a decent seller and he'll, he'll work out deals with you, especially if you come into a store a lot. So I know I don't really have to deal with that at all. Oh, cool. It, it makes cool. it really nice for, uh, for me pricing things when I want to sell them on Craigslist because, you know, there's no shop to compete with. So I can get a, a pretty decent price and move things fairly fast, uh, even common stuff up here. All right, so I think that's a really great discussion we've had on pricing and trading and kind of all that. And we really were going to get into um, some small budget collecting, but it seems like we've just really kind of exhausted our time a little bit. So we're going to save that for another discussion a little bit later down the road. But I think some of this that we've talked about is definitely going to kind of come back into play with that. So hopefully we'll come back to that topic pretty soon. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for um, listening again. There's a couple different places you can find us. We are on Twitter. You can just follow us at, at CollectorCast. We're on Podomatic, so rfgenerationcollectorcast.podomatic.com. We're on YouTube. You can search for CollectorCast. My channel is DukeTogo74. We're also on Stitcher Smart Radio, so you can get the app at uh, stitcher.com slash rfgeneration if you want to get our particular uh, podcast with that and we'd appreciate it if you'd enter the promo code rf generation also of course we're on itunes please do us a favor and um, rate us if you're on there i did notice that we had two ratings so far for the show and both of them were five stars we're Ooh, about so. to have three <laughs> very good and uh yeah just let us know what we're doing i i was appreciate the responses but nobody had made any comments so let us know. You know put, put that on there. We really appreciate all the feedback that we get. And, of course, you can always find us at our home base, uh, rfgeneration.com. So if you're not a member, come on, join. the. It's a great collecting tool, as we've talked about before. The forums are really great, and um, we'd love to see you over there. And come buy some of Duke's stuff. Yes. Well, and thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so uh, thanks a lot, guys, for uh, being here. I appreciate it. So... Uh, until next time, Krabby. Looking forward to it. I'm going to spend my, my time curling in between our podcasting sessions. Are you, are you going to get some, some loonies and toonies? To... And take them to the bunch spiel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the crab, sh- crab spiel. That should be your gaming group. <laughs> a little, little poppycock in there somewhere. <laughs> Only if I'm lucky. And... Uh, <laughs> Again, it's been uh, it's been nice having you, Bill. I, I, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, I think we're probably just stuck with you. So thanks for showing up again. Yeah, as I was thinking of it uh, earlier, is uh, what do you call uh, a guest that just doesn't go away? They're a host. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, again, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>